Hey, folks, I know there are lots of business owners who listen to this show. Maybe some of you never planned on running a business, but now here you are. One thing you've always got to keep in mind is how much you're spending on your operating costs. That's one of the first things we had to keep in mind with WTF. And with things costing more today than they did when we started, you want to keep your expenses down. To reduce costs and headaches, be smart and use NetSuite by Oracle, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. Reduce IT costs, cut the costs of maintaining multiple systems, improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash WTF for more. That's netsuite, N-E-T-S-U-I-T-E dot com slash WTF. All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fuck, Lahomans? Yes. I, I read my email, and I, and, I, and I see the tweets. Occasionally, I'll throw a new one in there. Exciting news. Before I forget, it's been about like six or seven years since we've had any new WTF t-shirts, right? Because I, I know a lot of you, that, that, that logo has not changed. Maybe I've changed, but there's something about the original logo. We still have it up. It's still the avatar, but this is sort of a... A retro WTF thing in a way. I mean, I, I we've had several different types of designs, but for some reason I was just, maybe we should do something that honors the original logo. So, you know, if you're part of the club who enjoys this show, you'll understand what it is. And, and some people are just like, what's up with that fucking shirt? Which is, you know, something you want people to say. So go get yourself a new WTF shirt at podswag.com slash WTF or go to the merch page at WTFpod.com. We've still got the old shirts there and some posters. There's going to be more posters too. So go get some stuff. Would that be all right? Today is another double header. Basically, we've got Eliza Swessinger who's got her new special coming out. Wait, wait, wait. I know what it's called, too. Hold on. I, I've got it written down right here. Uh, yes. Uh, Eliza, Elder Millennial. That's her new special. And Mila Kunis is here as well. I'd never met her before. Her new uh, movie that she did with Kate McKinnon, who I'd like on the show. Hello, anyone listening? Hello, Kate McKinnon. You're invited. Please come. The Spy Who Dumped Me. That opens uh, uh, in theaters on Friday. So, yeah, another another big uh, double show. I'm promoting it like it's, uh, you know, like it's uh, an on-purpose double show, just so ha- sometimes things fit together. Sometimes timed things. Sometimes times work out. There are people that I try to get on that I want to get on that I just haven't gotten on yet. It's not that they don't want to come on. It's not that we haven't tried to get them on. It's just uh, it hasn't happened that, and sometimes I make mistakes. I, I didn't tell you about this. It was sort of on the down low, I guess. But uh, I flew to the Montreal Comedy Festival Thursday morning, and I'm back already. I'm recording this on Saturday. I was not on the festival, but a couple of weeks ago, the festival chief, the kingpin up there, Bruce, he texted me that uh, the GLOW women, the women who created GLOW, Liz Flayhive and Carly Mensch, uh, we're being we're being awarded for the comedy writers of the year at the uh, Just for Last Comedy Festival. At first, he wanted their emails so he could uh, maybe kind of 
speed up the the getting them the news to see if they wanted to come. And then I guess they requested that I come present them that award. And of course I would do that. But I haven't gotten to that festival in a few years because I, I don't really do it anymore. And I and I don't I you know what? I, I might be wrong in not doing that. I, I tend to just go up and play Montreal once a, uh, every year or two and uh, not deal with the festival because it's exhausting. And I used to put a lot of, uh, like, it used to be very important to all of us to get into that festival and so stressful and every set mattered and you always thought something was going to happen that didn't, not for me anyways. But uh, I just, once I was able to sell some tickets, I sort of uh, didn't care whether I went or not. But uh, I'm getting around to the point. But I went, and it was it was fun to just go up there and just have this little thing to do on Friday afternoon. I, I got in Thursday. I went to uh, out to eat with uh, Dino, Dean Del Rey, and I went to uh, a pied couchon, a pied de couchon, a pied couchon. I don't know how to say it. I don't know how to speak French. So that night, I go do the alter- uh, the alternative comedy show, which Andy Kindler hosts. I just did a 10-minute set. Lovely to see Andy and Jackie Cation and Moshe Kasher was up there. <clears throat> These are people I, I see around here. But that see, that's the thing I, I forget that I like to do. I like to hang out with comics. I, it's, that's my entire social circle. I, if I hung out with more people more of the time, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't get angry that I'm holding too much inside. I mean, you guys are my only friends. And, and Sarah, I mean, obviously I'm closer to Sarah, but, it, you know, I don't talk to too many people, but you guys and Sarah need to spread it out, open it up. So the next day I got ready for the gig to present. I wrote a nice speech. It was touching, but I had no idea this award show would be so, uh, so sweet. I presented Liz and Carly with their award. Howie Mandel presented Joe Coy with the Comedian of the Year of the award. And then uh, Maria Bamford presented Hannah Gatsby with the Special of the Year award uh and then uh, Dion cole uh presented um lil rel howry with his uh breakout talent award and then kevin hart literally flew in he landed his private plane at the venue almost to uh, present tiffany haddish uh with uh, the comedian of the year award so i had never met hannah i hadn't seen a lot of people, but I, it was nice to meet Hannah. I, th- I thought I'd never met Tiffany Haddish, but this is where, you know, I, I, I make mistakes. I try to get people on, but apparently a few years ago, she approached me behind the comedy store. I think she was with friends and just told me, like, you know, I'm going to do your show. I want to do your podcast. I'm going to do your podcast. She was just in my face about it in a friendly way, and I was laughing, apparently. I remember it vaguely, but I said, we'll see. We'll see what happens. And now she's like, of course, uh, one of the biggest stars in comedy. And uh, now it's like, uh-huh, I guess we're going to see. So she's into it. That was nice. Chappelle was around. It was nice to see him. Had some nice pictures with everybody. You know, with Chappelle on the podcast, I don't even, uh, I don't really ask him anymore. He knows. He knows. Uh, you know, we go way back and uh, he, I don't think he's the kind of guy that'll do it. But it was a... Uh, I guess my point is it's uh, it's interesting, and I don't know if you guys have this same situation because comedy is a very specific racket where it's not unlike high school. You know, you sort of start out with people, and then you see them here and there every year, every few years for decades. I mean, I hadn't seen some people in decades that I saw. It felt like it, at least 10 years, but they're all around. It's like, a, you know, there's always a reunion possible with uh, comedy and it's always interesting to see how people are aging and who's still alive and who's doing okay and who's uh, looks like they're uh, barely hanging on but you know I guess that's with everything but there is a 
a sort of community element to stand up that is unlike anything else. And it was certainly great to see everybody. But my point was, I do what I can to get people on. Now, maybe Tiffany Haddish will come on. Maybe in September, she said she'd be free. Kevin Hart apparently wants to talk again. It's been years since I talked to him. It was, it was before he was playing uh, entire states from a large stage with speakers in every community. So it was nice. I, you know, I, you, if you think you're empathetic, they, you know, there's one way to really tell if you're empathetic. Well, there's a few, but uh, maybe I'll tell you about that after I talk to Eliza here. Look, Eliza is uh, a comic. She's been on here, I think, once. She's a, she's a hard fucking worker, and she delivers the goods, man. I mean, I, I flew back with her. That's the funniest thing about going to Montreal is that when you, I flew out on the first plane this morning, I'm so punchy. And uh, it's always there's always a good number of comics on this plane. It left at like 7.50, but they make you get to the airport like two hours early. And so, I'm, you know, I'm up at like 4.30. I get to the airport at like 5.30. I check in. Of course, I got two hours to do nothing. Uh, I see Eliza's there. No one swept. I didn't go to the party. I swept a few hours, but me, but not much. Maria and her husband Scott are there. Dion Cole's there. Ma- uh, Marilyn Rice Cub is there. You know, we're all on the plane. Everybody on the plane, agents and whatnot, just looking punchy. Today, it was as if Eliza and I woke up together. <laughs> we didn't. We didn't. She just got married, and uh, you know I'm involved. But uh, you know, when you when you see somebody uh, that early in the morning, you do get that. Uh, it's an odd feeling. It just felt like there was. We all just spent the night together, and I missed the party, so it it, it actually did not happen at all. Eliza has a new Netflix special. It's called Eliza Elder Millennial. It's streaming now. And this is a little chat. She came by. She wanted to talk about the stuff and the thing. So here we are. Sometimes I wish I paid more attention in school or in some cases, any attention at all. There are probably a lot of things I could have gotten more out of, like literature. And now it's probably not in the cards to go back to school and study the classics. But luckily for us, there's a new podcast called The Foxed Page that dives deep into the best books of all time. This is basically like the best possible college English class, but more relaxed and fun. No pressure of grades or needing to prepare something to say in class. It's only the books you want to read and know about presented by best-selling author Kimberly Ford. Everything from Cormac McCarthy to Madame Bovary, from classics like Frankenstein to modern hits like Lessons in Chemistry. I love Ireland, but I missed the boat on James Joyce. The Foxed Page has a three-part series on Dubliners, and that's a pretty great starting point. Want to get the most out of what you read? The Foxed Page is for you. Get it now wherever you get your podcast podcasts are you haven't had any coffee yet no oh but that's God. okay it's good this is nice nice it's relaxed, better this Eliza. way because you're you get the pleasure of of following me and yeah. your opening line is always like let's just take it down a notch <laughs> So on the way here, I was like, let's see what happens when I'm not the bubbly cheerleader he knows me. Uh, 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 there's certain outros I have for everybody. No, it's totally fine. I, I take no offense. Um, so wait, now, I haven't talked to you since you, you're married now. You, uh, it, it happened. It did happen. And the guy, and you, bring, you didn't bring your dog? I didn't bring my dog because I, I, I you, woke up from a night full of nightmares, as I do. And Really? Do you have, always have nightmares? Yeah, I don't have dreams. They're just always 
either like what like what's a, what's a, the common I couldn't even tell you but they're always just they're either long and boring or they're nightmares and I woke up this morning and I was like and I was just like you know what we'll just go in there raw <laughs> we won't go in there charge with cough we won't bring the dog uh-huh we'll leave so wow I, I, I feel so. I feel privileged or, or something I was trying to match your energy I, well, I was just <laughs> I thought the dog was coming I didn't know if the husband was coming no <laughs> <laughs> well, no, the guy. I, I don't know when he's going to stop coming to coming to the comedy store. We're all appreciating how supportive he is and seeing him around. But he that loves guy, it. He does. He actually last night was saying because all the male comics are like, "Yeah, one day you'll stop." But he <laughs> is a fan of stand up and was didn't really know who I was when he met me. So right. it's not like I married a fan, right? Uh, but he was like one of his best friends. He's like, he's never seen a live show before, which is so weird to me. When was this? When last he met night. him? Oh, last. He's like, I'm going to bring a friend. To the, sto- to the store, he goes, and I think we'll stay the whole night. We'll do like 8 to 11 or 8 to 2, and we'll just Your be husband's those guys. friend. Yeah, and I was like, do I have to be there? He's like, no, you can take off after your <laughs> set. He's like, I think we'll stay till like a 1 a.m. spot, see some of the door guys. And I was like, whatever, man. Yeah, have a good time. That, yeah. place, that place gets weird after 10.30. Sure, I'll arrange it. <laughs> Did say they hi. stay? No, they're going to. Oh. He came last night, uh, and, we're, and they're, they're, that was his big idea. Well, how was the wedding? The wedding was beautiful. Where was it? Downtown. Uh-huh. Downtown LA. How many people? Have you been married? Yeah, twice. Okay, so I'm, you know. So you know. I had that one big one and one little one. I understand this following- This is the big it. one. Oh, wait, you already- The Yours. big one. Oh, mine is the big one. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry you weren't invited. <laughs> it's all uh, right. I understand now why when people get married a second time, they don't do a big wedding. Yeah. Like you always see the women, they're like, you know what? It was just the courthouse. I right. wore a seashell dress. Well, yeah, I don't want to disappoint 200 people again. Oh, <laughs> and go through and just, it is, yeah. it is a gauntlet. Yeah. And no, and I was saying this to somebody the other day. It's one of those things where once you've done it, you're an expert, but yeah. nobody wants your expert advice because yeah. everybody thinks that they, know well, my wedding will be different. I was told one thing. Uh, I was told uh, by my brother or somebody told him that during the wedding and after, during the party, don't uh, uh, stay together or yeah. else you're going to have a different experience. So, so spread out, fan well, no, out. No, no, just like stay with the person that you just married. Like stay married? Well, no, like in during the party and during all this stuff. Like, Go together. Y- yeah, oh, we yeah. didn't do that. All right. Well, I'm, I'm not saying you did it wrong, but. Oh, most of it was me being like, get on the dance floor. <laughs> and it was me just alone dancing. Come on. Because there was a moment where the DJ did his job flawlessly and yeah. everybody was there. But I was like, I'm not paying you to do like a Time Warner collection of the 70s. Yeah. And I marched right up. I was like, you turn this off and you put on some Garth Brooks right now. Garth Brooks. Or some Korean pop because I want to dance. <laughs> and it, the dance floor was evacuated and it was mostly me and like four people. Did they, did they eventually come back around? No, but did they're you, also older. Oh, did you carry the chair around? Did you do the juice stuff? I've been talking about this a lot on stage. I There were a lot of traditions that I refused. Uh, I didn't do the hora and I didn't do the chair. No. I didn't like it at my bat mitzvah. I don't uh-huh. like it at other weddings. You're only speaking, why, why'd you do it at your bat mitzvah? You did the chair at your bat mitzvah? I think they did it at my brother's. I just have a memory of not enjoying The that. chair thing. <laughs> and the hora, I said this to my mom and she was like, you're a crazy person. To me, it just seems like, how fast can we go hoping someone trips? Yeah. Because yeah. that's all I want to see. Right, right. Wait, like, when's someone going to hurt themselves? Yeah. I was like, but, not uh, today. So how many people went? Uh, I think it was like around 140. Uh-huh. They had a lot of people come in from Texas? Uh, just some friends. Yeah. You know, my, 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 oh, I guess my dad, <laughs> yeah. my stepmom and some people, but it was a beautiful wedding. Things always go wrong, but for the most part, everything went right. Food was all right. 
The food, yeah. What that, went wrong? What went wrong? This is such, like, I feel like people turn off at this. My big thing is when you pay for something, you should get what you pay for. Yeah. Our cake was beautiful. Yeah. I don't like chocolate. Right. I know it makes me like a bad female. Yeah. And we cut into it. And like, as in the picture, you can see my eyes going white because there was just a layer of chocolate under like the, the fondant. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, what is that? And it was a layer. I, I got like a passion fruit cake. Like, yeah. There was just a layer of ganache. I was like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. And and so we wrote to the cake baker after, and they were like, if you look in our contract, you see our signature move is a layer of chocolate ganache in every cake. Uh-huh. And I was like, cool, my signature move is that I don't pay my baker. Like, <laughs> fuck you. Like, where do you get off adding that? It's a little bit of cat pee we sprinkle on the top. <laughs> yeah. But, so that, but that didn't ruin everything. It was. I definitely went around and ate around it on uh, several pieces of did he cake. Did he swam a piece of cake into your face? The first week we were dating, uh-huh. I said, if we ever get married, just so you know, I'm not that girl. Do not do that to me. I, it's as a, you spend so, you spent time on hair and makeup oh, to have some schmuck be like, this is funny. It's in your face now. <laughs> I just. <laughs> just so you, you didn't do it? Didn't, did you no, put it in his swam in his face? No, I would never. <laughs> I just think it's barbaric. Uh-huh. We didn't do it. The food, he's it's a chef, cute. so the food was it's great. It's cute. It's not cute. Mm. It's it's spitting in the face of the hair and makeup you did. All right. Okay. I understand. I understand. <laughs> you, you know, I I think that you're speaking for a lot of women, maybe. Okay. So it would be like if you step on the glass and then immediately the girl like kicked you in the dick. Like, isn't this funny? <laughs> like, I was so excited all day. <laughs> that sounds a little paid for. All right. It's worse, for did sure. He, say he stepped on the glass, all right? He did. He <laughs> He's not fully Jewish. Oh, really? He's half Jewish yeah. and barely, like, didn't have a bar mitzvah, nothing. But with the yarmulke on in the picture, and like sure. a lot of Jewish outlets picked up the picture. Yeah, it looks like I married like Barry Rosenstein. Like yeah, yeah. he looks so Jewish. He does look a little Jewish to me. Yeah, I look at the nose and I'm like, it's an Italian nose. Yeah, and then I think about my original nose and like what our kids might have. Oh wow! Uh, so I hope that they're just really good at sports. When are you gonna do that? When are you gonna do kids? Really? Are you thinking about it? It's gonna no, happen. no. But just hypothetically, I'm like, if well, that hypothetically, ever. Hypothetically, I mean, it's, are you gonna have them? I don't know. Come on. What do you mean? Oh, no. Why you does everybody ask me that? I don't know. Maybe you should write 20 minutes on it. I don't want... Yeah. <laughs> Ladies, does this bother you? <laughs> Insert pussy comment here. No, but no. like... Because it's a natural thought. Because it a lot is. of people just connect it to... I think it's one of those things like marriage that yeah. I just assume will happen when it does. I don't think anyone ever has like that right time, especially... I guess. Some people are like, I'm having them now. I know. Like some people, all they want is kids. It's the it is a truth that educated women are breeding themselves out because really? they are waiting and then it's and then you can't do it. Is that true? It is it is a fact, um, and I, I get it because there's a certain amount of time it takes to. I went to just write for for your college, but yeah. your education and your, you have a career that right. in this case is such a part of who I am. Yeah. So you know you have to shelve it for a little bit. Not that it was ever a goal, but right. I guess I would like. I think it'd be. I held a baby the other day, yeah, and it was very squishy. Was it? Was it good? And I was like, "Look at this baby!" And he was like, "Do you want one?" I was like, "Not now. We're at a barbecue." Mm, yeah, but <laughs> that baby was cool. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. But you didn't feel. You didn't feel all warm, and I don't get that. I talk about this as well, but I don't get it. Like other women are like, yeah. "Oh, it's a child." I'm yeah. like, "Oh, it's crying." Yeah. Like, right. Oh, this is the worst. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I don't. Man, maybe you're just too selfish for it. Maybe, maybe you got to grow up. Maybe you have to have the kid and then you see it. I don't know. Well, that's what people say. You'll get the hang of it. I'm like, I don't want to throw those. I don't, I don't have kids. I'm 54 and I and I don't ever regret it. 
No, you still could, but they will be autistic. I will, I don't know. Maybe they will, but like, I mean, I'm sure I could, but like, it's exhausting. I'm yes. going to be worried all the time. I'm like, I'm already worried about so things. Worried. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? I I'm like, I'm a self-involved person, and it's not every, it's not everybody's destiny to have fucking kids. Da- absolutely. Um, I, it's a thought. It's something I I don't know. And then, but you could also just hire people to you know handle them. Oh, here, you hand, here. I would. Yeah, just parent these things. Like, what is this thing time. you're telling me about? Like, uh, like you said, yeah, stalker. Is that something like, you're like, talking about? I was like, I'm going to text Mark Marin because I want to promote my special, but I need it <laughs> in my head. I was like, and I got to throw in something else. Also, I have a stalker. What's the special called? Special called Elder Millennial. On Netflix. Yeah. So. This your third one. It's my fourth one. Uh huh. For Netflix. It's my fourth child. Yep. Well, the first one was an acquisition, but still technically for Netflix. Okay, okay, yeah. Uh, when did you record this? We recorded in February aboard the USS Hornet, which is a, a retired aircraft carrier. Why there? Um, I do a lot of USO shows. Yeah. And a couple of years ago, we landed on the Stennis uh, in the Persian Gulf, and we did a show for um, like a thousand of our troops. Yeah. And I remember thinking it was really special to get to do that. Uh, this last Christmas, we did one on the Teddy Roosevelt, so similar yeah. type of ship. And... Netflix, when I was going to do this hour, they're like, you know, we want really big production value. And I was like, oh, cool. It's not enough that I invented an hour of laughter with my brain. Yeah. We have to have shiny lights. <laughs> right. So I was like, what if we did it in Bagram? Like, what if we did it on Army Base? They're like, a logistical nightmare for civilians. So we couldn't do it. And then my manager was like, well, you like that ship. So we went and found another aircraft carrier and we decided to do it there. Did you bring servicemen on? Uh, they, I mean, people are invited. We couldn't do them in uniform. There's like logistical right. reasons and uh-huh. the USO gets involved. Uh, so we did it um, like on the second deck yeah. of the ship. And it is in its regular hours. It is uh, a museum. So uh-huh. there's all these old fighter planes in the background. Interesting. Um, and it was freezing. Yeah. And it was the only time stage lights didn't make me sweat. I was so, f- I couldn't feel my fucking toes. Really? I couldn't wipe Where my was nose. This? this was in Alameda in Oakland. Huh. Just cold. In February, it was just cold. Um, and so you're sitting there thinking like every other time I've ever performed, you yeah. know, you're sweating through your shirt, you're hot. I couldn't wipe my nose because I didn't want to ruin the makeup. I was freezing. You got a real issue with not ruining makeup. Yeah. we Yeah. <laughs> Spent so much time. This is like in a second wedding. And so that's where we shot it. And uh, we're donating a portion of the proceeds to Team Rubicon, which is a military charity that helps uh, vets and enables them to help us when there's a natural disaster. Oh, wow. Put them to work versus your neighbor. Well, that sounds good. You happy with it? I don't know. You don't know? Do you do you Did know? you watch it? Yeah, I was in the edit. <laughs> it, it's It was six months ago, Yeah. so it may as well have Before been- Before you were married. A lifetime ago. Right, I know, I know. You it's know? already done. You, you know. know. I do know. Yeah, I mean, I liked my last special, but it's so weird that like you're, you you do the special and then all of a sudden it's like behind you. Most of the material's behind yes! you. And nobody gets, so they're like, are you, I'm proud of what I did. I'm sure I will look great. It, I yeah. put a lot of love into that special, yeah. but six months ago. So now the jokes are foreign because they're, so, they're changed or they're gone. Yeah. And it's, it was like a night. Yeah. You know? So I'm proud of it. They'll love it. But just know that when you see me live, like it's not that special anymore. Do people expect that though? I can never tell. Like, I, yeah. and I don't know what to think. Like some people think like they want to hear some of that yeah. stuff. Like and a song. I'm, yeah, like, but I'm always like, no, I got to do all new. And then they're like, why didn't you do the thing that we like? And I always figure, because they'll ask me and I never answer. Because yeah. I'm like, it's cool that you were able to get a hold of me over a direct message, but I don't owe you a response. <laughs> I'm going to come Anyone see you. Anyone could get hold of us anytime. It's weird. I'm it going to come see you in Edmonton. Will this be the same thing on on Netflix or should I not watch it? And it's like, if the answer, I don't know if you want a yes or no answer. I don't know if you want to see the same thing right. or if you want to see it different. So 
50% chance you'll be happy. Right. Well, no, I think they want to see different, but then, like, I don't know, because I'm trying to think when I was a kid, yeah. and I'd listen to, you know, comedy records, and yeah. I'd go see a comic. I hope that only happened a couple times, but you, I could listen to certain comedy records over and over again uh-huh. with, with other people. Not by myself necessarily, oh. but like, dude, you got to listen to this. Right. So you sit there and listen to it with somebody and look at their face. And then yeah. laugh when they laugh. But I don't know if people want to hear the same shit I over think and over again. I, I do know fans watch it over and over. Like, I get the screen grabs of it. So they watch old specials over and they over. Do. But I think that's different because you know the delicious punchline that's right, coming. Right, right. I think that's different versus, like, I heard it once on your special and now seeing it live. Live is always different. It is. I happen to think I'm better live than on I think so. I think I am too. Though, I mean, I think that as with these Netflix specials, I, I think I did pretty good last time. I think it was a pretty good representation of me. But I'm not, like when I did five minute spots, like on Letterman and stuff, it's no. like that you can't, there's it's no so, way. People don't get that either. Like they you're don't. a storyteller. Yeah. Like you but are. But also, you know, you got to get into it and like sort of get, yeah, get the arc going. Well, that's like for you, you're a storyteller yeah. and, and you're intelligent. I'm a storyteller yeah. as well. Some comics are set up punch. Yeah. That works great for TV. But my note is always like, you got to trim this down. And I'm like, how am I supposed to establish yeah. this world? Exactly. You just pull these pieces out of larger bits. Yeah. It's so inorganic. Yeah. So wait. So what is this stalker thing? Is that real? Do you, can you talk about what it? What if I lied just so I could come to your house? That's fine. And be your stalker. Be, you'll be a stalker. I felt like that standing at your front door. I was just staring at your cat. I was, I was like, like in here pr- getting ready for you to come. You're I just looking at Buster. He was looking at me and I was like, go get him. Yeah, go get Mark. Him. Did you buzz the buzzer? You're not lawyer. Sorry. You're not loyal. Uh, <laughs> Okay, so here's the story, because this is... Are you going to get in trouble by telling it? Is it going to make things worse? Only you... if he's listening. Oh. But fuck him. Um, I, it, okay, so uh, this starts a year ago. Yeah. I was in Las Vegas. Yeah. I was playing, and um, I was about a minute into my set, and a man sort of drifted over to the apron of the stage, and I remember he was in a suit, because uh-huh. I just thought to myself, that's weird. Yeah. <laughs> in a suit. And he, uh, we'll classify that as like a heckler, right? You know? Right. Um, he's up, he's standing. Everyone else is sitting down. He walks. And I was time. a minute in. It's not like right. there's something to participate. You just and got up there. I go and I and my thing is like talk over the heckler. Right. Do not give them the was chance. Was he talking? He, I, I couldn't hear it. Yeah. If he was saying anything, and he wasn't trying, he was just talking at me, and I was like, "This guy's drunk." Yeah. So I go, "This guy's drunk. Let's go get him out of here." Yeah. Security flanking me doesn't yeah. move. Yeah. I don't know if they thought it was part of the act or what. I go, "Hey." Like, and I yell him, I go, get this fucking nut out of here. A minute in. They take him and I watch them walk him back to his seat. I go, not back to his seat, out of the fucking theater. Like, I'm in, I'm working on an hour. Yeah. And I'm, in, I'm irritated. And this is that, how the show is opening. Yes. <laughs> and the crowd's like, is this part? Is this no, performance no. art? What's happening? So, shelf that idea. So, that happened and I yeah. get, you know, people do weird things, things happen, whatever. Um, and... About five months ago, I get a phone call from my our manager yeah. uh, from the FBI. And she says, from the Las Vegas FBI, and she says, um, there has been, and I feel, this is so weird, this is such a comic thought, I feel like an asshole even saying this. Yeah. Allegedly, there has been a mass shooting threat, um, and you're named in it. A man has threatened to shoot up a space in Las Vegas uh-huh. should you ever come back to Las Vegas, and he wants to do it in your name. Uh-huh. Because, in the, because like, of what he you loves did. you. Oh, because he something. loves you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like, it wasn't him. He wasn't upset because he had to sit back down. Yeah, or because the comedy's like bad. Yeah. But I, even saying that, I'm like, I feel like 
people listen, like, who does she think she is? Right. You know, yeah. Shooting your name. You're not that special. Right. But to this one guy, you were. <laughs> so, right. So special. And it gets worse. So, uh, they want to do a shooting, and he was going to. It's alleged. It's just like secondhand information. It was a Facebook post that he would do a mass shooting, and obviously we're very sensitive to that in this country, particularly yeah. in Las Vegas. This right. is after the one that happened. Yeah. Um, and she said, and she named him. I'm not going to say the guy's name. And she described him. Yeah. 5'10", African-American. And she yeah. told me his name. Yeah. And it clicked. And I go, that's the guy that uh, was at the front of the stage. He's obsessed with you. So I go, okay, well, I'm not planning on playing Las Vegas anytime soon. I'm sure this will go away. A couple months later, I get a phone call. Hey, come back, play the play play Las yeah. Vegas. I go okay. So I call the casino and I say, you know, can we put in metal detectors? They're like, no. And I was like, okay. Uh, I will have to hire my own security. So I have a lot of the problems of a major celebrity with the budget of a minor celebrity. Yeah. So I hire extra security, and I forget about it. Vegas yeah. is a ways away. Right. This was a couple weeks ago. I played it. Whatever. Um, and I forgot about it and. Three weeks ago, I'm sitting at home with my assistant, and there's a knock at the door. And it wasn't a knock like you would, like, for Amazon. Yeah. It was a, like, a hair, yeah, like yeah. a hard, fast one. And something about the knock was weird to me. My assistant goes to the door. She looks in the peephole, and she opens it, which I wouldn't have done, but fair enough. Yeah. And she yells up to me, there's no one here, and there's no package. I am not street smart. I didn't grow up. Like, I'm not a criminal. I don't have that kind of brain. Yeah. Uh, but something didn't sit right with me. So I put on my shoes and I go, I'll be right back. And I go outside. Why I went outside, like why that's a good idea, I don't know. But in my mind, because I live in a nice enough area that people steal our mail, like we all right. block mailboxes, people steal packages. Uh -huh. In my mind, I was looking for someone, maybe on drugs, running back and forth, knocking on doors, just being a crazy person. Uh -huh. And that I'm not afraid of. Yeah. Cause right. Because it's got nothing to do with you. Yeah. So I go outside, and that's what I'm looking for, and I see down the road a man in a black shirt and a man in a red shirt. I don't see what their color of their skin is or anything. I just see two men. Yeah. So I yell for my neighbor, who always has his door open. He's a big guy. I was like, come out here and stand with me. Yeah. So he comes out. Drag the neighbor in. He's, well, he's like ready to go. He's yeah. got a truck. Like okay. He's ready to go. <laughs> he's looking for trouble. I, I know, and he's cool, and yeah. he comes out, and I go, just stand with me. And I found myself like instinctively kind of standing behind him, but the guy in the red shirt starts to walk back to us. And it was weird because I, and I, this might be a problem. I wasn't scared. I was curious. Uh-huh. Sure. And I'm staring at him and my neighbor goes, hey man, are you knocking on people's doors? Like being cool. Yeah. And the guy, you could tell was on drugs. Uh -huh. You could just tell. Yeah. And he was waving a dollar around, which is not something normal people do. And he goes, no, are you stealing people's dogs? And I was like, oh, okay. There's the proof. You're a crazy person. That makes no sense. Yeah. Are you stealing people's dogs? I'm like, okay, goodbye. So he leaves and my neighbor turns to me and he goes, you should call the cops. And I'm like, for what? Like, this is L.A. People are getting raped uh -huh. all the time. Right. I'm not going to call the cops. He goes, you should, just so they have a record, you know, and it's our block and whatever. I go, okay. But had he not said this, none of this would have transpired. So I call the cops and I say, there are two men and I see them in the distance kind of walking weird. I go, and they're on drugs and they're not terrorizing, but they're knocking on people's doors or doing something weird. Yeah. And, 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 and whatever. So I hang up the phone. 15 minutes later, I get a knock at my door and it's two police officers and the cop looks at me and he goes, how do you know? And he named the guy from Las Vegas. Yeah. How do you know Bob Smith? Yeah. And I just started crying. I was like, why are you saying that name to me? Why are you the guy that knocked and the guy that I interacted with was Latino. He was not African-American. Yeah. 
And I was like, why are you saying that name? And he was like, well, that's who's down the hill with the guy that knocked on your door. And I was trying to get the words out. Like, FBI, they called me and they I was like, get in your fucking car and go shoot him in the face. <laughs> go arrest him. So they run. Yeah. And they arrest him a block from my house. These guys were just hanging out. Right. They come back. I have to explain the whole story to them. I get in the car. Well, how, what, what can they hold him for? So... Well, they, they detain him. Right. So he's in handcuffs. They put me in the car. I've never been in a cop car before, yeah. which was kind of crazy. The seats are not made of regular seat leather. Uh -huh. They are plastic and hard. Uh -huh. The cop said to me, it makes them easier to wipe down. And I was like, woof. Yeah. So I get in the car and I go and identify them. Yeah. And I know who he is because he's my stalker. And I, the other guy I just saw a minute ago. And uh, so they take him away. My guy, we'll keep calling him Bob Smith, is a diagnosed paranoid schizophrenic. He uh, believes that we're married and he believed that I had his dogs. He met that guy. He took a bus to LA that morning to come find me. Yeah. So they held him on a- Because of the dog. Because of the dog, uh, but I also think that was a lie, but even if it no, wasn't- No, they, like, they walk into, the, yeah, it's a purpose. And they went on his Facebook page. Yeah. He had been, I went on his Instagram and yeah. I saw that I had blocked his Instagram, meaning at some point in the last year or so, he annoyed me enough as just a fan that I blocked him. Right. Not registering who yeah. it was. His Facebook page is replete with just my posts, naming me, using weird religious language. The word kill appears a lot. Mysteriously, the shooting threat has been removed. Uh-huh. So part of me is like, that's the thing that would get someone, but you had the wherewithal to take that down. So they hold him on a psychiatric hold. For those of you listening, it's called a 5150. Uh -huh. And they held him for days. And they held him all the way through me being Las Vegas. So I'm sitting there thinking like, oh, cool. I spent all this money on like extra security. And now the guy's under uh, surveillance. He's under surveillance. Right. When he was lucid. yeah. And he doesn't take his medicine. He won't take it. And that's why he's- That's when, yeah, yeah. I get it. I understand that it might be really horrible if you think the world is the way it is and people tell you that you're wrong. And that's your mental illness. And you're yeah. like, no, and I don't want to be fuzzy. But this is what happened with him. And what irritates me is that the cops question him. They're like, do you know what you did is wrong? Do you know that you're scaring her? He's like, yeah. They're like, are you going to go home to Las Vegas? He's like, I think I'm going to stay in LA and try to make a life here. But he is a homeless man. Yeah. Like there is no. Oh, no. And he said, and they said, how did you get her address? And every time they ask him, no matter how lucid he is, he just says, it just came to me. So he knows enough to not give up that piece of information. Right. Cops keep saying to me, it's not hard to get an address, but I tried and it's not that easy. So I went, they give you a temporary restraining order for like three days. So I yeah. went to the court to get a restraining order. Um, and what was eye-opening was the amount of people there, a lot of whom did not speak English, uh -huh. um, who were seeking these restraining orders for situations that are so much more severe, like my Domestic husband raped yeah, yeah. my kid and I want, and they're yeah. telling I filled the paperwork and I waited five hours and I was denied a restraining order because that's, I guess until they rape you in the face. That's right. Um, yeah, so, you can't do anything. Can't do anything. And so the morning my Netflix special comes out on the 24th is my court date at 8.30. Oh, exciting. And I'm going to be there with all my paperwork. I've already like for the restraining order for restraining order. I've already prepared like a James Spader dissertation, like a la Boston legal uh -huh. because I deserve to, to at be, least have this paper. Feel safe. Yeah. I, I, it's very weird with the mental problems and uh, the people that show up that if they don't break the law, he didn't break the they law. They don't trespass. Right. 
that you can't, but there's nothing you can do. There's nothing you can do. My argument would be, yes, he didn't break the law, but since this, since going on his permanent record isn't harming him since he is a homeless person who yeah. doesn't seek to better himself. Mentally ill person. Mentally ill and homeless. Yeah. Why not give me this? That way, if he does swing the other way in a year from now, because it, it, like, it's stalking me over a period of years, why not at least let me feel protected? Yeah, and has anything happened since he was uh, locked up? So they... A couple of days ago, released him. Yeah. Oh, really? Just so this is new. Yeah. His father took a bus here to try to find him. Like, he's on the streets now. Yeah. And you're just sort of banking, hoping that he doesn't retain or hadn't written down your address and doesn't decide, nope, got to get those dogs. Yeah. So, like, comedy club, like, I won't let it affect anything. Like, I'll still do my job. But, like, I am not hard to find. No, that's the thing. Like, and there's other women that go through this. I mean, you know, there, you know, sure. we know people. I mean, Me I know a few people, you know, that have this problem. And you know, the accessibility is very scary. The accessibility and what was even scarier, I was sitting in that room with all these people seeking restraining orders. And I, I posted something about this on Instagram and then I took it down. But the amount of responses from everyday people, women in particular, yeah. Like, oh, yeah, I have a stalker. Oh yeah, he walked through my house. Cops told me to get over it. Yeah. Oh, he did. Regular people, it's just part of it, part of your existence that you're going to have someone who's obsessed with you. I was at the gym yesterday. Yeah. And I come downstairs and it's like a courtyard where all these stores are, and I'm standing there on the phone and the guy who knocked on my door just walks right past me. The Latino guy? Uh-huh. Come on. He walked right past so me. So they're in it together? No, he, I think he's homeless and like my neighborhood is oh, his area. Oh, I get it. Yeah. And again, I wasn't scared, but it was just that universe reminding you like, yeah, you got to live among it. Yeah. You got to live amongst these people. There's nothing you can do. And he just kind of bopped by, didn't recognize me. The other guy probably put him up to it. I don't think so. I think they don't know each other. I think they smoked meth together. Uh, the cop, when they arrested him, the cop goes, I was like, is there anything you can hold him on? He goes, he has a meth pipe in his pocket, but there's no meth in it. So we think he was just holding it for a friend. And I was like, oh, so now that excuse works? <laughs> Not in high school when you're holding things for your friends, but now we buy it? Oh, boy. Well, I just, I, I don't know. It, there's, it's, it's scary because, you know, someone else we know, this goes on for years. Yeah. And it, she just in integrated into her life. It's kind of receded a bit, but like, it's just, it is what it is. It's just hanging She's there. done everything you can do. Hovering, yeah. But it's like a family of them. It's a bizarre story. That is, that, that is bizarre. Yeah. Uh, it is a weird thing, and it's weird that a lot of people have to deal with it. And what also was weird was the amount. One cop was like, you need to get a gun. And I was like, are you supposed to advise me yeah. on that? The amount of people that are like, just, yeah, get that gun. People that you wouldn't think. Friends, Would you, would you get one? I, w I went shooting yeah. on 4th of July. Is it good? I mean, I've shot guns before. Yeah, me too. I don't love it. Yeah. Uh I don't think I would get a gun. My husband is opposed to getting a gun. Of course, the odds of me accidentally either shooting myself or, shooting in fact, arming my assailant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. or that. Um, <laughs> accidentally. Yeah. I got bear spray. Oh, that's good. And the cop was like, that's badass. <laughs> and I got the kind that, like, leaves a, a paint mark. Oh, really? <laughs> you, you you stun and mark the bear? Yeah, well, that way, if, if they catch them later, he can't deny because it's on your skin. Right. And I got mace, but, you know, the... The gun thing is, I think we all have this fantasy that like, yeah, I just, you know, I drop that clip out, I reload it, I yeah, shoot no, it. I know. So that's... No, Mason, that's good. Mason, the bear spray. I don't even know what bear spray is, and I think it sounds pretty pretty good. It's exactly what you think it is. To stop a bear. Uh-huh. Wow. <laughs> to stop a burly gay man from dancing with you. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Eliza. You feel good? It was good. I just want people to watch, <laughs> watch 
my special. Of course they're going to watch the special. <laughs> Come watch the special. It's called uh, old, what, old, Elder Millennial. Elder Millennial on Netflix. Great. All right. Thanks, Mark. Eliza Schlesinger, her Netflix special is Eliza, Elder Millennial. It's streaming now. So, empathy. So, I'm on this plane. I got a first-class seat. I don't want to brag, but I got a first-class seat. But it's right at the back of first class, right before the partition between first and uh, the people. And uh, a couple got on with two babies. Two babies. And um, they sat right behind the partition behind me. And these babies, one of them was was screaming for so long and so loud in such a strange way that uh, I, it, it was, it was bizarre. Like it wasn't, it was just like, I was concerned. I was uh, um, horrified. I was annoyed, but it was just like, I, it was, it got to the point where you're like, this is unbelievable. Like, how long is this kid going to go? And then the other one starts making noises and they're right behind me. And it goes on for a, like a long time. I had, I had to put my headphones on and slam them up real loud. But this is a real test of empathy. Because back in the day, if that happened and I was as tired as I was, I'd be like, you know, fuck them. Fuck them. Fuck that couple. Fuck their fucking babies. Their dumb, loud babies. Fuck them. But now, like, somehow or another, I, I realize that it can't be easy for those parents. The babies are terrified or maybe they're just shitty babies. But... Uh, but it's not easy for them. It's embarrassing. It's hard enough. They probably don't sleep much. Like, I just was able to accept it. That does, it doesn't make me a hero. I didn't save anybody being sucked out of a window or anything. But I, I, I did not get annoyed or angry when the worst baby crying I've ever heard was directly behind me on this airplane. It's always some sort of karma. It's, it's some sort of karma. But that's the empathy test. If you can feel for those parents as opposed to your need for sleep. Oh, I also watched a Red Sparrow, but I didn't time it right. I half slept through the new Blade Runner, which seemed pointless, quite honestly. What was that ending? And then I, I was watching Red Sparrow, and we literally landed, like stopped at the gate 10 minutes before it ended. So I don't even know who's under the hood. I got a pretty good idea. I know it took me a long time to watch it, but I didn't anticipate having to watch the end at home. You know? I just, I'd, I'd really, but I'd, I'll get to it. I'll, you know, it's not unlike me not to finish movies. Fucking burning up in here. I'm sweating. I'm sweating balls. Is that the same? You can't say sweating balls. It's tripping balls, not sweating balls. I guess, well, yeah, they're probably sweaty. So, um, Mila Kunis, great name. You know her? I think she's come up in conversations. Oh, no, she didn't. She was subverted in conversation with uh, Macaulay Culkin. She's married to Ashton Kutcher, and she's in a new movie. She's been in a lot of movies. Forgetting Sarah Marshall, Book of Eli, uh, you know, movies. A lot of them. Her new movie, The Spy That Dumped Me, opens Friday with it's her and Kate McKinnon. This is me and Mila Kunis talking in the new garage. Well, you can move the mic, too. I feel like I have such a loud voice that I always sit back for mics. No, I don't mind it. I like it. I like the loud voice. Well, I mean, like, if you get too, you know, I can adjust the levels here. So, so, but now you have to deal with that. Like, I mean, there's people in my family as well that, uh, you know, you have to draw this line where you're like, we're just not, you know, in order for me to continue liking you people. (laughs) Yep. We can't. We can't talk about it. Yeah. I know. It's very hard. It's different. 
I had one blow up. One. With uh, Kush, uh, Ashton's family? Yeah. With one member of the family that yeah. I love so dearly, so very much. And we both just so strongly, vehemently agree, disagreed uh-huh. on a specific issue Yeah, that to me is very important. Right. And that too- What issue? Uh, women's rights. Right. Which sounds so stupid to say like, oh, but to me it's important, but to you it's not. Like, I, I don't know why- Why is it be- a conversation? Yeah. Because to this other person, it wasn't a question. Like, that's not an, he's not going to do anything against women's rights. And I was like, no, but he is. Like, these are the things that will happen if he wins. And uh, and it just wasn't of a priority. Not that it wasn't even a priority. I shouldn't say that. It just wasn't a positive. It wasn't probable that anything was going to happen. Right. That's not the point of this. The point was something else. Mm-hmm. And I was like, right, but by default, this is the shit that's going to go down. Right. They don't think about that. The two no, steps ahead. No, it's not. Yeah, it's it's so much more than that. And they cherry pick why they can rationalize. There's no rationale. Like, here's the one thing I've learned. Yeah. No, you can't ask for a rational. Like, so. Yeah. Why don't you vote for Hillary? Because she's a bitch. Why is she a bitch? I don't know. Right. Oh, no, I know. There's no. And then you're like, but then we can't have a, a like an edge. Like, I don't mind disagreeing. Like, you and I don't have to agree, but let's have like an educational most pe- most people don't know, you know, past, you know, once you go down the line of uh, of government people, people, most people don't know past Pence. You know, it's like, you know, who's who's the what, secretary of defense? No, who's the no, secretary of state? But ask somebody, what does what, the Congress do? What does House do? What does the Senate they do? They don't know. Exactly. So it doesn't matter, right? Like the bottom line is- It's all impulse, feelings. It's all feelings. It's feelings and it's a headline that grabs your attention. It's, it, it's like one thing that maybe you gravitate towards, whether it's- which is yeah, whatever yeah. religion. Yeah. I don't know. He makes me is. feel like fuck that guy. You know, like you know, like he, fuck, said, he says things. He speaks the way that I speak. He yeah, makes yeah. me feel less stupid. Yeah, like whatever yeah, it is. Yeah, he makes me feel less stupid for being stupid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So you guys go up to Iowa a lot to visit family. You got kids, right? We have two kids. Yeah. Does he have other kids? No. So you just got the kids. Just us two. Yep. And this is your first marriage. Yeah. And his first marriage. Second. Second. Yeah, I married a divorcee. Who is he married to? Demi Moore. He was married to her. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I don't really. I, I'm so like, I'm not even being cagey in any way. I don't. Fucking... I know you don't know. <laughs> You're too fucking highbrow, which is why I was like, yeah, I'll do Mark Maron. Not, he doesn't know shit about anything. I'm not highbrow, but I uh, just. Like, you're a little highbrow, buddy. But no, but I knew he was with Demi Moore, but why? I didn't know that. No, they you were... went like this. Who was he with again? Like you didn't even know the name, which I respect I know Demi so Moore, much. but I thought it was somebody else that he was married to. See, I didn't know they were married. I know, I just... and I love that. That's fine. Oh, God. <laughs> I think this is great. I think that you not knowing is even better. I, it, I, it, it's happening more and more because I'm getting older. You, you know, like yes. I just, I, the further away I get from it, the less I give a shit. Uh, I get it. I married one of you. You'd be shocked at how little my husband knows about anybody. Really? Or who they are. So much more, so much so that at one point I was like, are you, are you fucking with me? Like I literally was <laughs> like, only- there's no way you don't know who that is. And this is a God's honest Who was it? Julia Roberts. Okay. Oh, come on. He had to know who It was did. a little dark. I guess he just didn't even look. I don't know what he thought, but she walked by and he goes, God, that woman looks so familiar. And I literally went, are you fucking with me? And he was like, no, wait, tell me her name. Just tell me her name. And I was like, are you, are we, what? He just met, didn't remember. He just was like, it just doesn't, it's not a, but tell him who created what company, what tech race happened where, who's the creative, what tech, like, then he'll spew a million, you know. So he's completely in that world now. He he has a show on Netflix. So yeah. He has the ranch on Netflix and right. he loves that show and it's fantastic yeah. and it's politically driven. So I yeah. think to him it's right. really exciting. But that's it, right? Yeah. That's it. He doesn't. But but like, I, it's interesting to me when actors who are intelligent get bored. 
That's exactly or, what happened. Yeah, you know. That's exactly it. Like, he just needed something else, and so he right? immersed himself in a whole other field and thrived. It's great. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's great. And you, I, so I'm interested in, uh, you know, where you come from. <laughs> Boy. Well, <laughs> well, before we get into that, though, I mean, yeah. uh, the, on, in terms of women's rights things, are you still donating yeah. money? Is Always. it Planned Parenthood? Yeah, but wait, do you know what happened afterwards? With Mike Pence's name? No. <sighs> the fact that I said it. See, I knew that. I know. Listen, I'm, uh, because it has something to do with politics. Right. <laughs> um, yes, so I went and said it. It's not that big of a deal. I thought it was a funny joke. I was going to always donate to Planned Parenthood anyways. Yeah. It's not like it. No, I do. It's one of the three or four I donate to, yeah. Right. I just then thought it would be funny. Okay, so some people didn't find it funny. But I will say this. Here's what happened. So there's an address that was listed online that's not necessarily my personal address, but it's listed as if it's my personal yeah. address. And so then people started giving donations to the opposing side, which I didn't even know there was one. Okay, right. I don't want to promote it, whatever right. it is. Yeah. So people just started donating in my name to them. And so the mailbox of this one person who, it's not my personal address. Thousands of envelopes daily would come. Thousands. And you know what? In return, I was like, you know what? At least I'm proud of these people for putting their money where their mouth is. Sure. So like, okay, donate to your cause. If you really want this one thing to succeed, go ahead. I'm not mad at it. I was, you know, actually pretty impressed with people trying to like get one on top oh, of they're, they're, That site is really good at spiteful grassroots organizing. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. Yes, we all know. They can really mobilize. Yeah, boy, can they? That stuff. With their, yeah. So they did. They got yeah. it. But you came from Russia. Ukraine, to be specific. Right. Yes. Now I know I have to clarify. Right. It used to be SSSR. Right. Then it all Then broke. it pulled away, and then yeah. and then now there's then they're yeah. pulling. They're fighting again. Now there's yes, there's a war. Yeah. And most people don't know. But it, your parents, like, why do you have any rep, re- memory of Ukraine? Yeah, I came when I was like seven, eight. So, so like, I do. Like, like what? Like, you know what it is, and yeah. maybe you can. I don't know. So I'm sure some sociologist can tell you or psychiatrist, but so much of my memory, I don't know if it's mine or memories that I've created from stories that my parents have told or from right, photos sure. that I've seen. So I can tell you I have a lot of memories. I don't know. Yeah, they're We'd, pretty elastic after a certain age. Like, you know, you kind of can build on them. And, yeah, so I think I remember things. Yeah, yeah. Um, Ashton and I went back there uh, last year in August, almost a year ago, exactly, and I had never been back for 20 plus years, 20, yeah. whatever it's been, eight years. And we went back for a couple hours and we landed and he looked at me and he goes, so... Like, he wanted me to have, like, some, like, visceral reaction to, like, the land. Like, I'm home. Yeah. And I looked at him, and I was like, yeah, I got nothing. I don't, okay. I don't, I got yeah. nothing. But we went back to the place where I was born, and the woman wouldn't, or where we lived, and the woman that owned there was like, no, we're not letting you in. Which I don't blame her, because welcome to the, you know, Ukraine. But um, we, but I, all of a sudden, I did remember how to physically. She didn't recognize either of you? She didn't care. She wasn't going to open the door. Yeah, right. It wasn't, uh, no, no. Right. She was like, don't kill me. Uh-huh. Uh, but I remembered how to walk to my school. Uh-huh. So I I could muscle memory my way into school uh, to the local little store where we used to go like for bread and milk yeah. and stuff like that. Like I knew how to go to certain locations. Right. So I must have had some sort of memory. And do you have a siblings? I have an older brother. How much older? Six years older. Oh, so he married probably with has, kids. He has He's a, got real memories. Yeah. Does he have sure. an accent? Um. Yeah. He'll oh, he'll hate me for saying this. He doesn't. He doesn't. He sounds like he's from the Bay Area. Like he he kind of his accent. Yeah. He went to Berkeley, so it did manifest itself in like Bay Area yeah. Berkeley accent. Yeah. So, he, but he does for sure. That's that's wild. And your folks are still around? Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> they just they, my mom as I was walking in was trying to call me. So what? Why did they? What was going on that they had to leave? Was it a, religious? I, we left on on a, on a religious uh, uh, like not asylum, but what is it? Like the a, Jewish purge. Mm-hmm. 
We were politely asked to leave. They they did ask you. To I leave. mean, they didn't. You could stay, but you know, it wasn't the most welcome. So that was in the what the seventies? No, we came in ninety one. Oh, we were in the second. So right, exactly. You're right. So in the seventies, there was the first wave, and then we came as the wall was falling. Huh. So like on refugee visas, what we came in on. Well, did did you ever ask him like what was the like what were what were the signs that? Because um, I'm just I'm trying to figure out when I have to leave here. <laughs> Now, <laughs> yesterday, Mark. <laughs> no, we can't leave. We can't be I like know. a favorite. No, of course like, not. We have to stick with it. Yeah. I um. Well, what were the signs? I mean, it was different. It was very anti-Semitic. But um, you know, I think my parents wanted my brother and I to have a future and didn't see a future for their children, and so they left everything behind. They genuinely left everything behind. A hundred percent. Our home, our money, our finances, their education, everything for my brother and I to have the chance of a life. So what was their, what were their jobs before they uh, left? My dad worked in import and export, which I know sounds shady, but it really did work in import export. Like he worked with sure. like importing steel, like at a factory type of thing. Uh-huh. Like he was a businessman. Yeah, you can really own a business, but you can work for a business. Yeah. So he did that. My mother, I think, you know, did worked like in a home ec for like school and um, like had a you know a, a normal job, real job. So when they so they literally kind of they they just left. We had did to they, apply to leave. Did you t- apply for what was it refugee, refugee status? For, yeah, exactly. So you could if you were Jewish. Yeah. They you, they were like okay bye and so Israel opens you accepts you with open arms like Israel you can just kind of go to. You gotta want to be there though. Yes, but our family was in L.A. We do have lots of family in Israel. We went to there's a lot no of family kidding. in Israel. So no more family in this uh, Ukraine. No. Everyone left. Huh. Yeah. So you had a choice, Israel or Los Angeles? Well, my whole family was, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it, LA's kind of like Israel. Um, my family prior to, my parents were all in the Holocaust. So the survivors left. My grandfather's brother came to LA in the 70s. Ah. Yeah. So we started doing the 23andMe tests to try to find like some of our family. Because so much of Just our- Just now? Um, I did, my mom and I did our test- what was it's this? not that specific though is you could it? find family members you yeah, can totally they tell you your percentage so here's a funny story so I did my test uh, six years ago probably yeah. and I uh, and I never made it public I kind of just did it privately and I forgot that I never made it public There's, so I gave it to my mom yeah. last year for Christmas she did it and she made hers public like two months ago, I was like, oh, you know what? I should make my test public because I want to see if I can find any relatives. So I go on the little app and I say, like, make public, right? Two seconds later, it was like, bing, your paternal, your maternal mother has been found. And my heart sank. Like, I literally was like, oh, my mother's not my mother. Like, I forgot that I had given her the test. And I clicked on it. And I was like, Elvira Kunis. And I was like, oh, well, yes, I knew that one. So they do tell you your relationships. I didn't people. know if I, I didn't realize that I could do that because I just got yeah. mine back. What were you like? A hundred percent Ashkenazi no, Jew? It was a ninety-seven, ninety-eight percent. I was ninety-nine Jew. point. Yeah, the Jews. Yeah, We're really inbred. And from <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes. My family's from uh, Russia too. That's but you know how they do the dots about like where yeah. you are. Mine's just like a dot in one area. Like I clearly, my family never left the little like village. Oh really? We're all in one part, and then there's like of a little the dot in Romania and Poland, like a little bit there, but mostly all Ukraine. Yeah. Really, there are dots. Where do I, where did you I miss the dots? I mean, there was the an area. Look at the map, and it tells you like where you where your family's from like there's little on 23andme yeah i'll show you on my phone but my no i'll go back i gotta go back and look at it maybe it's public i made my public i was like what are they who's gonna find who's like what are you gonna do no i don't i, I don't i didn't know that i could i, I apparently i missed a lot of buttons on the uh, <laughs> by the way so did i you did yeah my mom made hers public she's like i found our 17th cousin in jersey and i was like All jersey right, <laughs> we're probably related so so once you get here 
Because I know that people have certain jobs in Russia, but it doesn't sound like he was a specialist of any kind. So what did he do? When he, he was got- a specialist, but he didn't do that. He ended up driving cabs. What they ended up doing was it didn't matter because at that point he couldn't transfer his degrees. That's what his I mean. Engineering yeah. degrees. Right. Yes, my grandfather. Engineering. My, yes, he had an engineering degree and he couldn't transfer it. My grandfather had multiple degrees. My grandfather is one of the most well-educated human beings ever, and there was no way of, of transferring anything. And they didn't have time to go back to school. They came they, at the same time. Your grandfather too. We couldn't leave until my grandfather okayed it because my grandfather was um, very high up in the Communist Party in our town. And so he clearly believed that Russia or Ukraine, Russia at the time, Ukraine, um, was one of the best countries in the world. So he had no desire to leave until he came to uh, Los Angeles to visit his brother, went to Disneyland, saw Disneyland, saw the idea of here's an institution for just fun. Yeah. The life that people have, the accessibility. Yeah. That was was undermined years of communism in his mind. Yeah. And Isn't commitment. that crazy? It is, but it, it because it's, it's just for fun. There's yeah. no there's no loophole there. He, he didn't feel the pressure of the anti-Semitism like you guys did, or like with because he was in the party or he what? Was in the party. Oh really? We didn't. We all felt a certain amount of pressure, but none of us celebrated Judaism. Yeah. So we were raised with like you're Jewish, just don't talk about it. Oh, okay. It's not a big deal. Like you don't yeah. need to go and tell everyone you're Jewish. You right. need to know you're Jewish. So not no religion. Exactly. Really. Yeah. Oh, Correct. Did you get any later? Yeah, I married into religion. So that the irony of the situation is I married like a pseudo convert. But like, like who? My Ash? husband. He's, yeah. But he's you just said he's like Catholic. Yeah. And yeah. then became in love with the Jewish religion later in life. He did? Yeah. Nothing to do with me, completely before me. And he's converted? Not officially, but like I guess he speaks he speaks Hebrew, he knows how to read Hebrew, he's read the Torah a million times. Really? Yeah. He's like a a um a student of religion and fell in he's love a, with he's Judaism. A, a Judeophile? Mm-hmm. That's I know. Bizarre. So he knows yeah. a lot more about the religion. He knows than everything you. about it. He's taught me everything I never knew. We do Shabbat, kind of. We do our own version of Wait, Shabbat. Is he? Is he? Is he this obsessed with any other religions? He he went through periods of just studying religion. Right, but to so, learn Hebrew, does he read the Torah in Hebrew? He can. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> it is crazy. He's one yeah. of the most brilliant human beings I've ever met in my life. But is he going to convert, or he yeah. doesn't want? No. Because it's not about that to him. It's yeah. just more about like the moral aspect of it and the stories. And What's what the Old teachings. Testament? Like if you grew yeah. up with the New Testament, I mean, the Old Testament's got to be exciting. Exactly. It's what he said. He goes, how am I going to understand the New Testament if I don't even understand the Old Testament? And so he decided to go and study the Old Testament before. And he went crazy. He went all in. Yep. All right. So when you moved to Los Angeles, when yes. you're seven. 91. Yep. And your brother's like 14, 13. Exactly. He had a really hard time. And he did? Yeah. So, but where do you guys settle? Where are you with your are you with your grandfather's North brother? Avenue. Um, sixteen two North Sweetser. Yeah. <laughs> six feet two North Sweetser Avenue, apartment ten, guys. Everybody. Can What's go across see. the street? It's uh, uh, it's Melrose and Sweetser in oh, West yeah, Hollywood. Yeah. Okay. Um, that's Jewish. West oh. Hollywood's super, very gay, very very gay. Uh, the I Jews, thought over by Melrose was it? on oh, the other Fairfax. side of Fairfax. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I was with the gays for my yeah. whole life. Yeah, um, we could walk over right over cross street to the Jews if you want. Yeah, to. we're all nice. We're, we're all we all hung out for many years. Uh-huh. Um, my family still lives there. Uh, At that house, up the street. Otherwise, right. I wouldn't divulge the exact yeah, address. That's what I'm saying. But my goal at one point, and I still, is, I, I wanted to do. I want to buy that building. It's ten units, and I always thought that like one day I'm going to take. Gonna... I'm going to buy that building. Yeah, because it's a building that that completely changed my life. Everything in my life happened at 632 North Sweetser Avenue, apartment 10. And I can tell you the phone number that we used to have everything. But how'd you end in, end up there? Was your grandfather's brother there? Or you... My grandfather's brother was down the street in Croft. So like, I'm giving, oh. but like, it doesn't matter. In West Hollywood. He yeah. landed in West Hollywood and um, my mom's brother also landed in West Hollywood because you have to ask, so if you're, someone, you have to be requested yeah. for a refugee visa, for a religion asylum. 
So they requested us. It took five plus years to come yeah. here. We finally came here on a lottery. Mm-hmm. So like you have to go to the embassy and then it's a lottery. So it's not even like 100%. So it was five years after you wanted to get out, you got out? Yeah. Something like that. Three to five years. Yeah. My parents know the dates better than I do, but like three to five years, sure. I can and then say. when you find, well, that's wild. So you have you, to go to Moscow. My parents went to Moscow. My dad traveled there constantly to go to the embassy to get yeah. the paperwork done and all that stuff. And then finally, you have to go there for an interview to be accepted into the states. And we went to the American embassy for an interview. And I have given the story before, but I'll tell you the very quick story of it: is I met a black person for the first time and started crying. Yeah. And my mom's like, "Oh no, why are you crying?" And I was like, "Oh, is this person burnt?" And that was my first reaction. And the person was lovely and wonderful and spoke Russian and was like, can I explain this to your daughter? And my mom was like, okay. And so he sat me down and explained to me that- In Russian. In Russian. That there's people with different, I didn't speak English. I only spoke Russian. There's people with different color and different races. And I was like, my mind, I think as a seven-year-old was so blown that I was like, well, are there purple people? Are there red people? Like I couldn't. I couldn't, I've never seen anybody other than my own. Right. Uh, there's no television. It's, yeah. It wasn't like a thing. Yeah. And so I had no concept of the real world. <laughs> I mean, none. It's like, I can't I imagine. I've only talked to, maybe I've talked to one. Well, I talked to Yakov Smirnov about, yeah. you know. Oh, yeah, sure. About what it was like to grow up there conscious, you know, not as a kid, but to As to a kid, it's it. different. And I had an amazing upbringing. Like, I had everything that a kid could have. But the channels of, uh, of information are, are very limited. There are none. I mean, yeah. now there are. Now there's the internet. Everything is so different today. You can't compare the two. Have you gone to Russia? Yeah, for press. We used to do a lot of press in Russia. For uh, for the 70s show? No, for like different movies, movies that I've done. Yeah, 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 I went back. Okay, so you're here. You're you're over in the, the apartment in Switzer. Everything yeah. in your life changes. Yes. When do you, like, how does the, uh, how does the acting start? Who does that? Me. It feels like it felt like it was pretty young. It was. I was nine. Nine? Yeah. What, well, what compelled you? What got you all sort of like made you real think you could do that? Um, I don't know. Um, it's uh, did somebody so, approach you? Yes and no. So mm. here's what happened. So I barely spoke English. Yeah. I learned English fairly quickly because the younger you are, the, the quicker you pick up a language. Okay. So by eight, I spoke yeah. English fluently, but I was still very shy. Um, my parents, when I was nine years old, there was an advertisement on the radio called Beverly Hills Studios. Um, which was like an acting school at the time. And okay, you, you heard that. I didn't. So uh, my dad did and my mom. And it was advertised as a place for kids to meet other kids on right. Saturdays and hang out for 10 hours. And yeah. it was almost like a camp, so to speak. Yeah. And you come in addition and if you make it, if you get in, then you have this chance to be an actor. This is 20 plus years ago. So I'm a 35, so this is 26 years ago. Yeah. So my parents were like, well, she's cute and outgoing and this will get her out of her <laughs> shell a little bit. Right. You were in a shell? Yeah, I was very shy. Really? Well, I wasn't, I wasn't, because it was a new language, so I, I think I was a little timid about meeting new people yeah. and making friends. Sure. And they were like, this would be a good place for her to meet friends. You're not shy anymore. What gave you that idea? I actually yeah. am a little shy. Yeah. Until I get comfortable and I feel like I can, I'm in a safe place and then I don't shy. Right. But, um, but at the time, it took me a second. So long story short, they took me there. As every kid, they get chosen and then they're like, now write a check That's for- the racket? You know, yeah, of course. For like $3,000, whatever right. the amount was. And my dad was like, <laughs> bye-bye and like walked out and my mom stayed back and my mom was like, what's the total? And then whatever the total was, was literally $300 less than what they had in the bank account. So if my mom wrote that check, they would have been left with $300. Yeah. And for whatever reason, my mom went, okay, and wrote the check. I went to the school. My dad's like, what the fuck did you do? Yeah. And the next weekend, I met my manager, who's my manager to this day. So it's been 26 years I've been with Susan Curtis. The next weekend you met your manager? Yeah, my manager was driving down the street. 
Oh my and, god! And uh, saw a bunch For of real. gaggle of kids and was yeah. like, "These kids look cute." Yeah. And like pulled over and they're like, "We're an acting studio." And she was like, "Huh? Okay." And they're like, "And we do these showcases. Come to our showcase." And she was like, "Okay, great." So she came to the showcase and um, she was one of the many people to showcase from agencies yeah. and managers. And my parents were like, "If you want to do this, this is your responsibility. You pick who you want to go with." Also, we can't take you to auditions. We can't afford any of this. But if you want to do this, yeah. you do it. And I was like, I'm going to do it. And so- How old were you? Nine. And so I met a bunch of people and merely based on gut, I was like, I like this lady. Uh-huh. And so Susan Curtis, the next day, she took me out on audition. She got me clothes from Gap and I got the first thing I went out for, ah. which was like one of those like Barbie commercials. It's a Barbie commercial? Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that was it? That was and it. And you're still with her? Still with her. Susan Curtis. That's amazing that you're still yeah. with her. Yeah, she's That's great. That's never the story. I'm. It's always, it's always like she, I, she did a lot for me, but you know, I'm not with her anymore. No, she's brilliant. Nobody's ever looked out for me more so, aside from my family. Yeah. Like if you take away my, my actual mom and dad, she is my, her and her husband are my parents. I like it. I like the loyalty of it. Did she have other clients? Tons. Oh yeah, yeah. She, has, she's big. Has, she has great clients, but she, you know, this whole movement of like hashtag Me Too, and yeah. everyone's like, how have you? What, what, how did this happen that you kind of just never? And I was like, oh no, I did. I just always had people protecting me, and I always had somebody. I always had Susan, who was always. Oh, you like, mean you 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 have had incidents where you had to but stay like, in, where, where like I had like a thing maybe, prote- right. and she was like, get the fuck out. Like yeah, yeah. she never was like, well, let's just timidly walk away. She was like, oh hell no. Like yeah. she would raise hell. Yeah. And so I always had somebody to this day that's always been like, you are you are strong, you are great, you are brave. Like you are you know get out. Yeah. So I've always been super grateful for that. She's so awesome. no, yeah, and I, I you seem like. Um, like you don't entertain too much shit, but that comes with years. I don't know if that's necessarily true to begin with. When I you're think younger, yeah, you do entertain because you're so predisposed to um, social norm being um, be nice, yeah, polite, right. Make sure you right. don't offend people. Yeah, you don't want to be considered a bitch. But you're so young. I mean, like I, I like you were so you started when you were a kid. Yeah, I was nine. Yeah. Yeah. And and you were working a lot as a kid. Yeah. Like after the Barbie commercial, what happens next? Um, I did a Roger Corman's remake of Piranha. I did a lot of commercials. So like skip the commercials. The first thing I did that was- Were you learning anything in the commercials though? I mean like at least you were being on set and you were doing- you I know. was a really responsible kid. Yeah. Like I loved what I did. I didn't even know what I was doing yeah. and I loved it. And so yeah. it never felt like anything other than like home. Like I was right. always like, this is where I'm supposed to be. Like yeah. I don't want to fuck this up. Right. And so I've- my grandfather used to take me to set, and my grandfather's like, always make sure you're the first one there. Like, Did he speak with a Russian accent? Yeah. Well, no. I barely spoke English. He barely spoke English. Yeah. So do you still speak Russian? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, to, fluently, yeah. What, I mean, to who? My parents. Oh, really? My grandparents are still alive. That's so, exciting. So like the 96, 94. So and it comes right back, it's right there? Apparently, I speak with an English accent, so I, oh, I guess I have a, a full-blown accent, and um, my vocabulary is yeah. that of probably a 10-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> so we're right where you learned English. Exactly, it's very stunted there. So okay, so he's taking you to auditions and things. Your grandfather. Everybody took me auditions. My manager took me auditions. My grandfather didn't drive, so my manager took me. My mom's friends took me. Whoever was available would take me. My parents both held multiple jobs, so to until they retired, until the retirement age of sixty six. Right? What is it? Sixty five, sixty six. Yeah. My parents worked every single day of their uh, life. Is that what it is now? Sixty six. Now 55? it is sixty five. Fifty five. No. 55? 55, no, no. it's 65? like 65 or 66. Whatever yeah. it is, they yeah. retired at the retirement age. So my dad drove a cab to the day that he could retire, and my mom worked at Rite Aid to the day that she could retire. 
Was it, and how old are they now? They've been retired 66, for a while. Sixty-six, I would say. No, it's just new. happened. Yeah, they're. It's by the way. Don't retire. <laughs> really? No, they don't know what Hopefully, doing. they don't listen to podcasts. They won't hear this one. <laughs> don't retire, Mark. Whatever you do, never retire. Why you go are they crazy. bothering you? Whether they yeah, going they get cr- bored. Yeah, they just get bored. I'm like, get, let's get hobbies. Yeah, and they're communist Russians. They're like, what's a hobby? You're right, like, I know. They never will raise my father. Hobbies. Can't doesn't know what the hell to do with himself. No, you can't retire. Just do something. I don't care what. And they it don't is. even know what they like to do. They because they weren't raised with hobbies. You were raised to get an education, go to school. Why don't you just get give, a job. what? How, how old are your kids? Three and a half, one and a half. We're, There's their hobby. That's their me, hobby. We know. <laughs> Mark, I know. Yeah. yeah. They're <laughs> over there all the time. No. <laughs> my mom also loves to cook. And so now I've been like, fuck it. Like, I'll be your restaurant. So yeah. my mom just cooks for my husband and I and our family all the time. Like, she comes over with like soups and salads. Russian and style? Yeah. Like, like what? Everything and anything. My mom never stopped cooking for four people. Right. So even though my brother and I moved out. Does she make borscht? She oh, yeah, borscht, borscht in the house right now. You do? Yeah. The hot kind with meat in it? Oh, uh, yeah, beef portion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so totally. good. It's wonderful. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's that's, great. That's the weird thing about being like uh, genetically a Russian Jew. Like, I find. Do you I, like Russian food? I do. I'll. If you really, I will have, I will come drop off some borscht for you. I genuinely, my mother makes so much food for, for our family yeah. that, like, I'm like always. What like, what other stuff? Stuffed peppers are very popular. Sure. So yeah. we saw stuffed peppers. Um, With rice and meat. Yep. Yeah. And then um, we have, like, um, Grechka, how would you translate that? That would be like um, buckwheat. Oh, so yeah. So like Groats, a buckwheat like with like... Kish, like uh, yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. Yes, with like mushrooms. Kasha, kasha. kasha yeah. yeah. With mushrooms and, and like fried onions uh-huh. and then you can oh, eat kasha. that with yeah. like... Um, with the bow tie pasta? Sure. If you'd like to add that, you can. Sometimes the guy doesn't have it. And oh, so you just, she just goes straight up buckwheat groats with onions and mushrooms? She's like one of those home cooks where like whatever's yeah. in the house will end up in the bowl. Right. So if there's, bo- if there's pasta, it'll end up in there. If there's no pasta, then you just get mushrooms. Just do fish. Tons of fish. She bakes fish for me all the time. Yeah. But she likes carp, which is a very anti, like, um, L.A. fish. Where I was like, what is this? I was like, the bottom feeder, carp. Carp. People are like, you don't, we don't eat carp. And I was like, we do in Russia. You can't find it here, can yes, you? Yes, you can. You can find the carp? Tons. Oh, because of the Russians. But yeah, I just go to West Hollywood and you'll find some carp. <laughs> That's <laughs> like why they ended up in it is. Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Like, by cause Santa Monica and, like, Crescent Heights or Fair, like, that whole area is Russian. Yep. Yep. Wow. Yep. So that community, you grew up in that community. I grew up in the gay community. Really, Russians didn't. No, but I mean, was there a sort of a sense, not unlike Orthodox Jews, where the Russian community kind of. We didn't. No, honestly, no. We went no? immersed very much in the American community. The, like, as crazy as it sounds, the Russians were on the other side of Fairfax. Mm-hmm. And we were on the west side and the Russians were on the east side. And now. Right. So it was. Uh, so my parents did not stay within their community. If that makes sense? Like it yeah. wasn't like all of a sudden we were, our neighbors were Russian and they were only surrounded by Russians. It was very much Americans, mostly gay. And my parents had to learn English. They would walk to um, uh, night school to learn English. They immersed themselves in the Western cultures. As they got a job the next day. It was important to them. Yeah, very much so. So, all right, so you get, you're, you're doing Piranha. With Roger, Roger Corman's Corm- remake of Piranha. Yes. The remake of Piranha. Yes, with Soleil Moon Fry and William Cat. I don't even know who they are. Isn't he the greatest American hero? Yeah. And Soleil Moon Fry is um, Punky Brewster. Okay. All yeah. right. So how old were you then? Mark, Ten? you really don't know who anybody is. Um, I <laughs> no, was. I, I, I'll get. I'll I know, get listen, I'm sure if I was Barack Obama, you would know more. It's fine. Yeah, I Punky understand. Punky Brewster. I, but who do I, I know certain people? Yeah. 
I know who you know. They're no, not. No, I, I know more than I like. I, I know. All right. Uh, yes, Punky Rooster. That was like I was nine or ten, ten maybe. And time. you and you were, was Roger directing it? No, no, no. It was um, Scott Levy it. was directing it. What did he go on to do? Sometimes Scott they, Levy went off to do like a real job. <laughs> he went off and does like you know oh, some sort not, of like a marketing he's, type he's, of job. He's out of show business. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. That was his last big the thing. The weird thing is Scott Levy's wife, Tracy yeah. Levy, has been my makeup artist for um, going on eighteen years. Your personal makeup art. Yes, super you're, random. You stay pretty loyal to people. Yep. Yep. And so then you're just doing movies as a kid. You're a kid. Totally. A kid While going to public school. Yeah. Yep. And did that? Did, did people recognize you? Was that a problem? Yes and no. It wasn't a problem. But I, I mean, I graduated Fairfax High School, so I, I very much stayed in the public school system. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's weird. Like, you, I mean, there's so many- there's... Are you looking things up in your computer about me? What do you do when you look at the computer, Mark? Right now, I'm just looking at filmography. Like, I just pull up the filmography so I know the whole so, arc of it. It's so embarrassing. Keep it going. Is? Yeah, yeah. Go down my filmography. It's <laughs> some good shit in there, Mark. Honey, we shrunk ourselves. Yes. You were a kid in that. Yeah. Wow. And then, I don't know what Crippendorf's tribe- Crippendorf's tribe. Oh. That was with- um, Richard Dreyfuss. Yes, Richard Dreyfuss. And uh, my part was to get a, to be in a cage and get peed on by a pig. So you're welcome, America. Really? Yeah, I swear to God. I played what like a- What was that movie about? Oh, it was very cute. It's a family movie. But oh. I played like a young girl that was, you know, it was like a whole gag in school. And yeah. It was a gag. And then there's Get Over It? Yes. Get Over It was like an old school, like those Miramax comedies, uh-huh. you know, like tween movies. Uh-huh. And yes. then America's Psycho 2. Well, that was a big one, you know? Yep. That was, that was a good horror movie. But yep. you were like a lead in that. Now you're a grown up, right? No, 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 Not no. Now I'm a 16, 17. Uh, I don't even think I was 18 at the time. Tony and Tina's wedding. Yep. I was like, that 18. was a big movie, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, all, it was all fine. It was all while I was doing 70 shows. So I was doing those all that stuff while doing During, 70s like, and while going to school. How long was the 70s show? Eight years. Uh, eight years. So I was going to public school, doing 70s, and then doing a movie. How'd you get the 70s show? I auditioned for it. I have no other story for you. I That's it. I literally just auditioned for it. That's it was true. pilot season. I auditioned for a bunch of stuff. I remember I got a show. Either I got a show, or I was up for a show called like Sunset Beach, and it was a soap opera. Yeah, and it was uh, had lots of really cute boys. And my manager Susan took me to this soap opera edition, and I ended up getting it. And I was like, I want to do this. And she was like, No, you have a callback for that '70s show. It's much better. And I was like, Yeah, but this one's got really cute boys. And she was like, No. And so she was like, let's just see what happens with 70s. And um, and uh, ended up getting 70s. And I was like, I can't believe I have to do this show. I don't even get it. What's the show about? And she was like, trust me. Yeah. And it was huge. Yeah. But not, not off the bat. No. Now, what? but I mean, it went on for a long time. It went on for eight years. It was, one, it was an incredible show. It was Bonnie and Terry Turner, Mark Brazil. It was a great show. Mark Brazil, yeah, years. I think I met him once or twice. He, I think he's a, he was a comic a million years he ago. He was a comic a million years ago. And Bonnie and Terry did SNL. Right. Yeah. So he that's where and that's where you met Ashton at first. Yes, when I was fourteen and he was nineteen. So weren't you his girlfriend on the show too? Yep. So did you guys make out? Yep, in the show. Yeah. With no feelings whatsoever. <laughs> it's the weirdest story that nobody believes, but it's the God's honest truth. Well, I, was I've, like, I've had to kiss people on screen. You just do it. You do, but there's no, there's nothing there. It was no. like whatever. I mean, he's, I, I, yeah, it, it, yeah. Yeah. I know it's weird. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, what, what do you do? You like? No, it's it's something that like I think back and I was like, you know, he and I talk about it. We're like, God, we like, yes. Had we connected then, would we have connected? No, because the people that we worked back then would never be together. Right. But it's just such a bummer that we missed out on twenty years together. Is it? Yeah. For we, us, I mean, I like I look back and I'm like, we could have spent twenty years. Together. Yeah, but but you didn't like him the same way. Then. I know exactly. No, I know. What it's, are you gonna I, do? 
We would have never been together if we didn't both go through what we went through in order to be the people that we were when we met. Right. Reconnected, I should say, not met. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Topher Grace, he turned, I think, I think he's a good actor. I like him. Everybody out of that came out amazing. Yeah. Everybody did, went off and did amazing things and have their own careers. Don and, Stark, he was on my show for uh, Don an episode. Don Stark is awesome, by the way. <laughs> Don Stark and I were in Santa Claus with Muscles together prior to that 70s show. Yeah? He and I did a movie together. He's a nice guy, right? Don Stark's incredible. But like, do you consider like, like on that '70s show? So you got a lot of feedback. You, you know, people recognize you and everything. But do you yeah. think, like, did you feel like you were doing your best work then, or did you feel like best work at 15? Yeah, but you Who, know what I mean. No, it's very different when you're when you're like doing that as a gig, yeah, not as a career. Right. There's two different versions of this industry, and I think that I've been able to appreciate both. I did one as a hobby, and I did it as a career. And it's well, two very. When different. was the hobby? My whole life until I was 20, until I was 19 was a hobby. Oh, really? You, you were a yeah. kid doing something fun? Yeah. And did you did you train at all? No. <laughs> train? <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? Mark, I, I, like, I'm such a bummer of a question. People are like, so tell me what method. I'm like, I don't know. No, no. Have like, a lot of people don't like to listen to that stuff, but I it, got nothing. I'd rather your story. No, Mark, I'd rather have something intelligent to say. You, you just have a knack for it. I don't know. Whatever I do, I love it. I love what I do. Even in the craziest of moments, I'm like, I have no other skills in life. I have no other passions. I'm fucked. Yeah. Like, I just love everything about this industry. I mean, there's aspects of it that I can't stand, but I love what I do for a living. You have other skills. I have yet to find them. Really? This industry is my... I, I love this industry. I love producing. I love acting. I love this industry. I mean, I love learning, so I get... You do a lot of producing? Skill. Yeah, I have a TV production company out of Sony. Yeah, and what, what have you been doing? What's, we have like we have six shows in development with Sony. Really? Yeah, it's your really, co- Your company? My company. company. How long has it been over there? We've only been at Sony for maybe nine months. No, less. What are we in July? So oh, so six, seven months. We've been at Sony. Prior to that, we were at um, at a different place. And you have part, you have production partners, and you have development people, and you take meetings, and you buy I projects through and- the whole. I pitch. Yeah, I go to every single pitch in town. If I'm in town and capable of going, and if I'm not doing as a producer, as a producer, yeah, not for myself. And I put on shows and I package shows and sell shows that have nothing to do with me. Have you sold any? Tons. We've sold in our, our whole company together. Doesn't like somewhere between eighteen and nineteen shows we have sold. We've yet to get a show on the air. So let's just be clear here: getting yeah. a show on the air is a very different thing. But this year we're taking a different approach and we're packaging with actors. And so now we have shows that are packaged with actors that we're going to be selling as a full package, which will make things a lot easier. So this sounds. Sounds like uh, what you're doing. I love it. It is what I do. Because Ashton and I, when we decided to have a family, said we're never going to separate the family. And so, so long as he's shooting his show, I'm in LA with the kids. That's the ranch show? That's the ranch on Netflix. And then if I'm doing a movie, then we uproot the whole family wherever I am. So that allows me... So very quickly, I have 10 months out of the year where I'm in LA. You know, whatever, nine, eight, nine months out of the year. But I mean, I guess the question is, do you prefer this work to the I acting? I love it. More engaging, a lot more levels. Yeah. Working with talent. You just think... Collaborative. It, yeah, all of that. Yeah, it's so much fun and it's a little bit unexpected and it's not. And, and I, by the way, I love acting. I really do. But acting, you have so little control, and there's something about it that's freeing. But then there's something about it that's a bummer. Like you do this much work, you put out a movie, and you're like, "Well, I have no control over." Right, anything. you don't even know if you're going to be in it. Yeah, I mean, end, that's the truth. Or... You might get kicked. All these aspects come to play, and you don't, you can't trust your performance when you're shooting because ultimately it's Frankenstein in the edit room anyways. It is, right? Yeah, so none of it really matters. You just gotta love what you do and do it for the right reasons because the end result is completely outside of your control. So, okay, so you're doing that 70s show, you're yeah. doing these other weird movies as a kid. Yeah. 
Some of them, big, I you know, I don't know. So, now, I t- I had many gadgets over here, Mark. I feel like I just want to touch everything. It's okay. Some people do it. So Why your do you have your friend Jennifer here? Lawrence uh, touched everything. Well, that's because it yeah makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I just I don't know. I have the knife. I just yeah. Some people gravitate towards and, the knife and, um, and, and a hammer. Is that like that's just... like a half? You're the second person. It's not. You know, back in my other space, it was so cluttered. The things didn't stand out as much as they do here. This is like. <laughs> And it's like it's oh, a Jesus. it's a half a hammer. It's a broken right. hammer. There's a really great docu series that I'm watching on um, on Netflix. I'm not even promoting it, but it just the, the hammer for some reason reminded me of it. It's called Drug Lords, and it's all about like the you know big drug lords in the Is world. Is it good? Yeah, it's great. So there's two seasons, four episodes per season. It's not that much to watch, and so it's eight episodes total. And you have your like El Chapo, which everybody kind of knows about, and yeah. you have all that. But then, like, you'll have these random women that I've never heard about, which I always thought was really fascinating. Like, the Queen of Crack. Oh, really? Yeah, which I was like, who's this Queen of Crack? And it's out of Los Angeles, and there's this woman that, you know, was... Crack Lord? Yeah. Wow. Crack Duchess? Yeah, yeah. It's really cool. So, anyways, the hammer reminds me of it, because I feel like all the drug lords at one point beat someone with with a hammer. hammer. That's a rite of passage. I think it's very (laughs) violent. (laughs) So, I talked to Macaulay Culkin. Did he come on your show? At the old place. Yeah. Yeah, he was. Uh, yeah, it, it's sort of interesting because, and you you guys dated for a while. Yeah, because he wouldn't. He he will not say your name now. Yeah, he'll he'll just say it's somebody, some woman. I you know. know. <laughs> He's protecting you now somehow. Yeah, it's very nice of him. Yeah, but you you you'll say who it was. You'll say your. I'll just do what he said. It's somebody <laughs> <laughs> who was back then. <laughs> but how long did you go out with that guy? Seven years. That's a long time. Yeah, and you guys still friends? Um, probably not as friendly as we could be. No. Oh really? Yeah. Too weird. Uh, yeah, there's just too many aspects of it that I'm sure that just prevented us from ever moving forward past. Well, how old were you? Like, because like you know, he was huge, and you were sort of like it was. You were kind of like um, we dated from when I was like eighteen, nineteen till twenty five ish. And you didn't, didn't want to get married or anything. No, I never believed in the in the concept of marriage and the institution of marriage until you want to have kids. Mm-hmm, until I decided to have children. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, I mean, the Calkin thing was like, that must have been a lot because like that, you know, to be with somebody who is that kind of actor with that kind of family, I can't imagine, you know, at 18 having to deal with that stuff. I mean, it's a lot of stuff. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yes and no. Yeah. You know. His brother's doing a good job on that show. I haven't su- seen it yet. On but Succession? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Did yeah. you know his brother too? Yeah. yeah like yeah. everybody knew each other? Yeah. I mean, yeah. You, you know, you <laughs> yeah, date yeah. one person, you date the family. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what I want to get out of that. I don't, <laughs> it, there's nothing I really need to know, but I just thought it was interesting when I talked to him that uh, you know he's still kind of protective of the whole thing, and it's so many years later. Yeah, yeah. Why do you think he's that very, is? Cause he's very private. Yeah, yeah. He's got podcasts now. I found that I found it difficult when I was talking to him because uh, he's private, but he likes to. He's a charmer, you know. He'll you know he kind of performs, and you have to figure out where you're going to get just a little kernel of something personal. It doesn't just come out. Do you find that to be true for most people or no? Well, I, it just depends what people want to talk about and where you want to go. I mean, it feels to me that if somebody has something, like if it happens organically, it, it, it'll happen, you know, but it, it, you can't, but he's so scrutinized for so long, mm-hmm, for his exactly. whole life, and he was so young yep. that his habit yeah. is to to protect himself. Yep, exactly. Right? Yep. But you don't feel that. Do you feel that for yourself, having been started that long ago as a I kid? Didn't, I, I, didn't, I don't have to deal. I didn't deal with what he had to deal with. Right. So it, it's very different. Being honestly. a huge. Oh, yeah. At such a, such a young age. There's so many aspects of it that I think that, you know, you, you, you preserve your privacy as much as you can. And having children, I can understand that now. Oh, yeah? Yeah. 
Well, you don't get like a lot of flack, do you anymore? Flack meaning? I mean, like the Mike Pence thing, but you know, there's not. You don't. You know. No, but no, no, not nearly. But yeah. I never really got flack. I just get followed by paparazzi a lot, but not flack. Why do you think you? Why do they choose you? Two actors together. Oh, so it's a freak show to them. Yeah, I think that if I was to be with like an engineer yeah. or you know whatever, like a money guy. I think yeah, and also right. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. So, do you think? What do you think was the big turning point for you in terms of like was Sarah Marshall a big turning point for you? Yeah. Because it was the shift to movies. Yeah. Yeah. And you were good in that. Thanks, Mark. <laughs> um, I appreciate it. That, I, that was almost really believable. What are you um, talking about? I like that movie. I like Jason. I like Kristen. Yeah. The shift to films, though, that was exciting. Well, it was um, It was a conscious... So here's what happened. So yeah. 70 Show was ending, and then I had to make a decision. Right. Do I go to college and do something with my life, or do I start taking acting seriously? So, so that was re- it really was a hobby in your mind. I'm not, I'm not kidding you. It really yeah. was a hobby. Well, it was like, you know, I do this while I also go to yeah. school. If I didn't look at it as a hobby, I don't know if I would have gone through the public school system of Los Angeles. Like, right. I think I would have just legally emancipated myself and called it a day and done a career at, at 16. Right. Um, so, yes. Yeah, so, I, so I asked my parents for permission. Yeah. And I was like, hey, look, can I defer from school? I'll go back. I promise I'll go back. Can I just defer and give this a shot? And I was at LMU at the time. And I didn't even go a day to LMU. But I was like, okay. I What's LMU? Loyola Marymount. Oh, yeah, yeah. And um, my parents were like, okay, well, if you're going to make this a career, then you got to start taking this seriously. Yeah, what does that mean? Exactly. And I was like, yeah, totally. Yeah. I don't know what that meant. <laughs> and so I was like, I got this. Uh, and then I, you know, 20 years ago, no, 15 years ago, it was a little bit of a different industry. It was like, if you came out of television, then you were stuck in the television bubble. And if you came out of film, right. you weren't going back to TV. Right. And so I- uh, Both of those things have changed. Everything's changed. Yeah. Um, so at 20, I was like, you know what? I want to do something different. Yeah. And they're like, well, you should do television. And I was like, I don't want to do television. I 70s was ending. I want to try something different. Yeah. And so I had, uh, I can honestly say I had no ego and I auditioned for everybody and everything. Yeah. And I didn't really care what I was auditioning for. Right. And I met with Judd at the time earlier for a different movie. I didn't end up getting that movie, but I had a lot of time, like a lot of fun um, riffing with it was Seth Rogen at the time right. for a different film. Yeah, which and, one, for which movie? For, for um, not the forty year old version. No, the uh, knocked, knocked up, up knocked up. Yeah. So when I met with, uh, by the way, this is something that like I think they can attest to better than I can. But I met for it, didn't ultimately end up getting it, but had the best time riffing with Rogen. Yeah. Um, like a year later, like less than, he was like, "Hey, I'm doing this table read. Will you come in and do a favor and do this table read? It's for a movie called Blah Blah Blah." Yeah. And I was like, "Okay." Um, so cause sometimes you just do table reads for people. It's not that big of a deal. Right. So I went and did the table right. read. Very different group of people were at the table read. It's for, for Forgetting Sarah Marshall. For Forgetting yeah. Sarah Marshall. Yeah. It's a whole bunch of different um, people. The only person that was consistent was Siegel. Right. So we did the table read, cut to seven months later, they green light the film. And I think that they must have gone through other actors. I don't even know. Yeah. Ultimately came back to me and they were like, hey, would you want to be a part of this? And I was like, oh, yeah. I mean, it was like Judd Apatow in the height of Judd Apatow. Right. It was amazing. You did it in Hawaii? Yeah, it was like summer camp. Yeah. At the best time ever. But then after that film, everybody wants to put you into a box of just doing like those type of movies. So yeah. it was like, okay, so now you just do romantic comedies. Right. And I was like, no. Because I, I didn't want to be one specific thing because it's so easy to get stuck in a in a place where everybody assumes you're something and then all of a sudden when they're sick of you there, you're done because you yeah. haven't proven yourself elsewhere. Right. So I was like, no, I'm going to do something else. So I went and, and did other projects before I went back to doing another romantic comedy. 
Yeah, like well, you did some weird ones. That book of U- UI was that what it was called? Yeah, book of UI was that Denzel was, Washington. Yeah, I know. Saw that. that was yep. crazy. Extract's a weird movie. Extract was awesome. Yep, that was great. Mike Judge movie. Mike Judge and Jason Bateman. But Black Swan's great. Black Swan, but Black Swan, Darren, I, th- well, again, better talk to Darren about this. But I feel like Black Swan happened because of Sarah Marshall. I think he saw me in Sarah Marshall and then was like, oh, and we Skyped. I never read for or or interviewed or whatever, auditioned for Black Swan. We Skyped. Yeah. I was in LA. He was in New York. And then we ended up just talking, talking about the character, talking about the script, talking about other things. Yeah. And I think he saw me out of Sarah Marshall and was like, all right. But it's a different role. Totally different. <laughs> totally different. Well, what do you, like, okay, because I act a little bit and you're telling me you don't have any training at all. So... Training in the sense of like, do I follow like classical? Well, no, um, but methods? I mean, it's like you just like because uh, you you learned on the job. You've been doing stuff since you were nine. You know 100%. how to be on a set. You know how to do all these things. And yep. but in terms of like using uh, um, your uh, emotional um, range and all that stuff, that's just something that you can lock into because you know how to be present on a set. Yep. Right. Exactly. No one. You didn't do scene study. You don't do any of that shit. Nope. You didn't have a coach ever? I did have a coach, absolutely. For which one? I had coached my whole life. I had a woman named Kaylee Hummel, who's great, who's still around. Um, she 100% helped me with auditions. Because auditioning is a very different um, art form yeah. than acting on a set. Right. And so, absolutely, I used to have a coach. Her name was Kaylee Hummel. She was awesome. So, what's happening with this new movie? How come I didn't? I they didn't even give me a screening. Oh, because I just wanted to come on your show, regardless of the movie. That's the truth. I was like, whatever, I'll just go do Mark. Like I don't, I don't care when. And they're like, well, why don't you wait to promote something? I was like, why? Who cares? <laughs> and so then I think that the timing worked out because I was supposed to do your show a year ago. You were yes, and then the timing didn't work out with your schedule. Oh. Um, and it was just literally because of my girlfriends out over there. Yeah. They were like, you have to do Mark Maron's show. And yeah. I was like, oh god, what am I going to follow up Barack Obama? And yeah. then uh, they're like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay. But so this movie, though, it's with McKinnon, right? Yes. So this is a Spy with Dom Tomei. Wait, so am I really promoting it? Because when does when do you put out your podcast? Does it matter? I'll promote it. Who fucking cares? So, well, and when is it coming out? August 3rd. Yeah, that's about right. Oh, check that out. Yeah. So look at that. It really worked out. Yeah. Um, Spy with Dom Tomei. Two best friends um, on an adventure in Europe. So my boyfriend, played by Justin Throw. Um, he's uh-huh. a spy. Yeah, he dumps me. Yeah. Uh, spoiler alert! And uh, we go on this adventure to try to get um, a piece of information to somebody else in the middle of Europe. And it's what happens when these two girls who have no spy training whatsoever get thralled into this, you know, oh, espionage. Right. It's fun. Very fun. What they call it, like if Double O Seven meets the bridesmaids. Yeah, and kind of she's fun is. to work with. Kate. Yeah. Have you interviewed her? No. So smart. I don't know that. Uh, I, I get the feeling she might not want to come on. What'd you do? Nothing. Oh, why do you say that then? I don't know because, like, why hasn't she been on? Well, <laughs> I don't know. Do you know what I mean? Did like, you ask her? Yeah, I've, I, we've reached out to her. We've oh. talked to her. I, I don't maybe. I don't know. I, I don't. I, I don't know. I don't know either. I'll find out for you. It sometimes it's hard with the SNL people because they're in New York constantly and they're rarely out here. But I've certainly okay. But wait, do you interview? Have you ever interviewed SNL people while they were on SNL? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I don't think that's it. Oh, I don't know. I that. believe that I have. Sure, I, don't know if I you have. must have. I don't know if you have. Really? Mm. Why? I don't know. I think they're very protective. I've interviewed Lorne Michaels when he was on Well, SNL. that's different. He's the boss. I don't know if other people have. Think back about it. I don't know. Not a trick question, I but I know they're very protective about, about the press that they're um, cast to. Does. Oh really? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I wow! I never thought and about that. You're a little that. bit controversial. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. What does that mean? You, you pull shit out of people that they don't intend to talk. about. I didn't about. pull shit out of you. Well, no, but I'm also very much an open book. Are you? I have nobody to answer to other than myself. Yeah. Well, that's a nice place to be. It's the truth. 
So what what is it that you wanted that you that you haven't done that you want to do if you love this business so much? Oh, we did the like oh what was that movie about? The Ted movie that was the bear talking bear. Yeah, with Seth MacFarlane. With um with Mark, Mark Wahlberg. He seems like a. Have you not had Mark on the show? No, he's another guy. Like no. I know Boston guys. I was in Boston a long time, but he I, seems. I feel like you're failing people. You should really get Wahlberg on the show. Mark is awesome. Yeah. I've done a couple movies with Mark. I love him. He's great. He's like one of those male co-stars where you're like you're so nice. And he's solid. Solid. Good actor. Delivers actor, the goods. But also like has a work ethic of like shows up to work, has his shit together, and ha- wants to go home. Does, <laughs> do you know what I mean? I, yeah. I really do respect that. But does uh, do, do have you been on a lot of sets where people show up and they don't have their shit together? It, it, not necessarily they don't have their shit together. They meander. Uh-huh. Like they're like, well, let's figure this out. Let's, I'm like, oh, good. Let's just figure this <laughs> Like... <laughs> We're in, clearly, they don't want to go home. That's what I like to call it. I'm yeah. like, don't we all just want to go home? Like, let's work. Let's work the best that we possibly can. Yeah. Let's put out something awesome. Yeah. But, like, let's go see outside. It's like we all know what we're here to do. You don't like the exploratory process. Of I like exploring and having fun yeah. while in the scene and yeah. like doing great stuff. Right. But let's not halt production for two hours to talk about why your character has to pick up that piece of paper. <laughs> <laughs> just, just shoot just it. Just pick it up. Sh- shoot it both ways and move on. See what happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not that big of a deal, right? P- pick this cube up. You don't want to. Not a big deal. Just did, don't pick it up on the next day. Did you ever want to do theater? No. Why? Next. Not, not. It's just not. Um, I did a little bit of theater in LA. Like I did by a little bit. I mean, I did one show. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like the repetition aspect of it's not something that excites me. And oh, I know wait, that it doing it every people. night. You mean? Yeah. I mean, doing a TV show is kind of like that because you get the um, live audience once a week, so you get the feel of like feeding off people's energy. Right. Movies aren't like that, though. Not at all. I love TV. Are you going to do another Bad Moms movie? No. Really? It Mm-mm. seems like something you could do every year if you want. Does to. it though, Mark? Um, does it? Uh, people I, seem to like. That, I huh? love the writers off of it. Don't I thought the, they were the great. ladies like it? Yeah. By the way, I loved it. Yeah. Um, I love John and Scott so very, very, very much. But yeah. I, you know, I think it's time to like let you know we're gonna hopefully. We're Catherine together. Hunt's so good. Have you had her? Yes, I have. So there you go. I've talked to Catherine Hunt. Hip. I've talked to Kristen Bell. I've yep. talked to um, who have I? I've talked. To, I talked to as many uh, people as I can. I'm not avoiding anybody. How often do you record? Twice. I as much. I had put two up a week. You know, there's two a week I do. Yeah. So well, I'm recording. Sometimes people don't want to talk about themselves. Most people don't. Right. I clearly have no problem talking about myself. I'm like, what do you want to know? Let's get back to that question. What is it that you want to do that you haven't done? I don't know. I really, really don't. I know I don't write. So I do you never want to direct? Write. Have you directed? Maybe. I've never directed anything in my life other than my family. I, but you're producing now, so why, yeah, why, why wouldn't you direct? I might one day. I really would. I, I think I just have to wrap my head around it. It's just a very different tool that I've never used or a different muscle that I would have to retrain or work. Here's what you do. You hire really good- Great DP and yeah. an AD. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I, I, in fact, I was like, I know who I would hire. But I, uh, yeah, you start yourself with people that are smarter than you and yeah. better at you uh, than you. But I, you know, if the right project came along, for sure, I would actually probably do it. Yeah. But, but then I also would want to do something for the right reasons, not for the sake of doing it. Yeah. And what are you doing like politically? Are you doing anything uh, exciting? I try to be quiet politically. I really nah. oh, do. Yeah. It's not something that I'm like super vocal about. You're not going to see me on, being a pundit on CNN talking right. about what's happening in the world today. Uh, I also don't have social media, so it's not like- You don't? I, I don't. Was that a choice recently or you never did? I've never had it. That's, you're so sane. Yeah. Ashton has it, doesn't he? Kind of. 
But he used to be incredibly involved in Twitter when Twitter first started in the in the in the beginning stages of on Twitter. On the business end. Oh, you mean he was one of those guys that they gave a million that had a million followers he was the at first the beginning, person, yeah. right? But when he saw that Twitter was a tool that yeah. was used for the better of the world and then all of a sudden Twitter became something completely different. Right. I think he was like he bailed. Yeah. Um but no, he's super tech savvy and you know has a huge VC fund and all that stuff. But he doesn't necessarily post on Instagram and Twitter every day at all. No. Oh, let's get back to something. I now I knew where I'm. I'm, I'm a little foggy today, I guess, but it's I want to pick you. it back up. So I'm so wide awake. I got to tell you. No, it's good. It's working out for me. I'm okay. glad you're carrying your end of this. I have to go this. to dance class after this. I'm you very dance excited. class? Not for me. For my kid. I got to go pick her up and take her to dance after you. How old is she? Three and a half. That's well, almost fun. four. I keep saying you three should and a half go to dance before. class. Oh, I mean, I go with her. I watch her. But you don't. You should. I don't dance. I do yoga and Pilates but oh you see like uh, there was a time yeah where you would know modern dance yes and it, but it, I don't I don't I, I genuinely don't have time but could I if if once both my kids are in school and I don't have to go to an office I don't know it? yeah I don't know why I decided you should be a modern know. dancer I don't, all right I don't. so okay so you're a teenager <laughs> you, you're making out with Ashton on camera yeah. for the show yeah nothing bad happens on uh, behind the scenes yeah no. Then you go. You have a life. You di- you date Macaulay Culkin for years, and then you're out of that. And then you have, you have a couple other relationships. So how do you and Ashton regroup and decide? And, and was there a moment where you're like, uh, what? What the? Why didn't we do this before? Like, why? I always felt this way about you. Or no, just- we never felt like this about each other ever. And that's the truth. I mean, honestly, that is the real truth. That was not. We always kept in touch. We always. Um, uh, I chatted like AOL used to have instant messenger, and so we sure. always kept in touch over instant messenger of like. Right. How, anytime we popped up, we were like, "How's it going? How's life? Like, is everything okay?" Well, I mean, you know, but, and he was also in this weird, like, you know, I think some of us during it were sort of like, "What's going on over there?" That the Demi Moore. They compound. had like a normal, real yeah relationship. He, they had like three kids they were raising. It was like a normal life. He was just like twenty years younger or whatever. Yeah, whatever their age difference was. Yeah, yeah he was younger, but he was you know loved those kids. Yeah. And, yeah, everything was just like he was. Does like, he still have a relationship with him? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's nice. Um, so we talked about that, like, how's everything? Everything good? Like, life is good? And then we would, like, you know, that's it. Yeah. For however long. Right. So we, you know, 10 years. Wow. Yeah. Years. Yeah. Whatever it was that we didn't see What changes? I, I have said this story, but I'll give you the very quick view of what happened. I'm sorry that you No, I'll quick. tell you. Ready? You don't have to give it We quick. were at a award show, and... Um, I was backstage and he was the first award up. I was the second award up. And so I was like having an alcoholic beverage and I was like looking around and there was a really beautiful man that like from the back. And I was like, what a very nice stature of a gentleman. Like yeah. I literally was like, Ooh, he's kind of hot. I was single. And, um, and then he turned around and I was like, Oh my God, it's Kutch. Like I thought it was the weirdest thing that I was checking this guy out and yeah. it was somebody that I known forever. We, I went to his housewarming party and that was it. And then, um, like two weeks later after the housewarming party, he's like, you have to stop calling me Kutch. And I was like, fair. Totally fair. Uh, but when did you start dating? Uh, three months after that. Oh. Uh, well, no, that's not true. We never dated. Hold on. Let me be clear. Ash and I hooked up. Literally, we did. I did a movie called Friends with Benefits. He did a movie that was very similar, No Strings yeah. Attached. We lived our movies out where we were like, let's just hook up. Let's have fun. We're both single. We both trust each other. Everything's great. Like, we, we none of us want attention. We just, you know. Yeah. Okay, great. So we hooked up for three months. And then... Um, just like our movies, one of us caught feelings and then went up to the other and was like, I have feelings for you, so I'm going to walk away because I, I know that this is not our agreement. Who, who caught feelings? Me. Yeah. I walked up to him and was like, you know what? I actually care about you. And I don't want to mess anything up, so I'm just going to walk away before like it becomes too much. And he was like, got it. And then the next day he showed up to my house and he was like, uh, move in with me. <laughs> and I said, okay. 
<laughs> and so we never dated. We hooked up for three months and then we moved in together. Uh-huh. And that was, you know, however many years ago. So that was a, that's sort of a real risk to, to say, you know, I have feelings and I'm going to walk away. Uh, it was we, our agreement. Did you really? Oh, that was the agreement? Yeah. We're just going to fool. We're going we're to have fun. We're going to respect each other. But like, it's one of those things where once one, but we were always super transparent with one another. Right. So but what's the agreement? We're not going to get attached? Once one of us starts having any sort of attachment feelings, we have to start talking about it. Oh, not not quash it. Not quash it. You have to talk about it. And then, because that way, if the other person by any chance shares those feelings or not, so we don't become resentful towards one another. Uh, the second, a feeling of like, not just jealousy, because that's a horrible thing to say, but like actual care. Yeah. Well, you, I mean, aren't you, but you already had the care part. I didn't, I, I had the care part, but we were both um, seeing, I'm like, I really hope my parents aren't listening to this, but like seeing other people, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. And so the second that I started caring that he was seeing somebody else. Right. In that regard. Right. That I was like, oh, I, I, I all of a sudden had like this sense of like, oh, like I felt like I got punched in the gut literally overnight. Wow. He said something and I was like, oh my God. And like, I felt it. Like, I was like, oh my God, I'm. I'm in love with this man and I have to walk away because this is not the agreement that we had. And so I'm going to speak up. And the next day I came over and I was like, I, I'm just going to let you know when A, B and C happened, I know that I had all of a sudden a very different yeah. reaction to it. And I respect us and I respect you. And so I'm going to bail. And I left the house. Oh, do you think you really could have bailed? I mean, I left the house. Right. I did. I was devastated. Mm. I mean, I left and I bawled my eyes out. And then that was it. And then the next day, at whatever, seven, eight in the morning, he just showed up at my house. He showed up at my house and he was like, let's move in together. And I was like, you can't do this. It's too early for you. Because he, he was only single at that point for maybe a year, maybe yeah. a year and a half. And he's dating other people too. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, you need to date other people. He goes, I'm, I'm not going to lose you. And I was like, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> and that was it. And now you've been together for- I don't know. Are we six years? I don't know. Whatever it's been. Wow. Yeah. That's, well, that's a good story. Because I never really thought about this idea of like- the transparency of like we're just gonna have fun we're just gonna like you know no strings and if it gets one of us you know because that is sort of an approach to dating and it seems more reasonable you just have to be honest it right. truly is all about being able to be honest and we both i know i fucked up in my previous relationships enough to know that like just fuck it be honest yeah because it's just so much less painful for your partner and for yourself and i i don't want to become resentful and i don't want to get into a place where i do something dumb again and so I was like, fuck this shit. I'm just going to be completely, fully transparent. And he was the same exact way. And so it was easier for me to tell him that I, uh, that I was having feelings yeah. than to get to a place where I was resentful of the fact that he, in my mind, wasn't. Right. Well, good for you. Yeah. And you've maintained that? Honesty? Yeah. Uh, um, I have, we have, I have never been more, there's no version of our relationship that's not transparent. There's nothing that either one of us doesn't know about the other person. I'm telling you, it was like the person that I was at, 20 and the person that I was at 20 when it, he and I started dating yeah. 27, 28 were two completely different people completely yeah. different people and I'm so much more proud of the person that I am today than I've ever been of any other version of myself that's good yeah and and now you have uh, kids in, who are growing up with those values and in that environment's good it, well because I realized based on you know people always tell you learn, my parents are always like learn from my parents actually learn from other people's mistakes not yeah. yours and I was like totally but that's impossible and so I when 
when having kids, I really wanted to lead by example. I know that that sounds super fucking cliche, but there's no version of myself that was going to be different than the person that I wanted my kids to be. Yeah. And I want my kids to be brutally honest. Yeah. Like I just do. Just be honest with yourself. Be honest with life. Be honest with other people. And I wasn't for so long. Well, they kind of are as kids anyways, right? Yeah. And I want to sustain that. Like I want them Hold to have to that. It. Yes. Yeah. If you're like, how does this look? My dad will be like, that's beautiful. Or I don't like it. I never wanted to feel like she can't can't say that yeah or like that's yucky i don't want to eat that and i'm always like cool nicer way of saying it but like i get it you know <laughs> yeah well good i'm happy that you're having this uh this time in your life honestly i, I gotta tell you being transparent in life is yeah. a lot easier my company's fully transparent it is something that like i um never i once i became a different person when i made the conscious effort of like i fucked up enough yeah. like, i made enough dumb shit mistakes in my life that i shouldn't have made that the, the, they would have been solved by just being honest yeah that i became fully honest with everybody so much so that i'm probably tipping the scale yeah like the pendulum has swung and now yeah, well, probably... you have to pick your your moments like you, you I... know you don't want to be honest as a weapon or as a you know or hurtful yes so it it is swung that way yeah. and now it's swinging towards like a, a medium of like right. just you know right you, you know sometimes uh, you know you can be honest but you don't have to necessarily say it Yes, I don't have to say the opposite though. Right. I don't have to lie. Right, that's right. That's right. what I'm learning, yeah. or, or started to learn when my head kids was yeah. like, just because I'm not telling, I don't have to lie to not. Right, be, yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes it's you wait a little bit. You know, wait a minute. Yes, yeah. yeah. But it's much easier to live life this way. I bet you it's more relaxing. It is. I, I don't have to remember anything. Right, you're not managing bullshit. No. Yeah. There's no. There's nothing you can ask me that I might have to be like, what? Wait, what's the uh, answer I'm supposed I, to give? Yeah. No. Good. It's it's nice. Well, it's nice talking to you. Likewise. That's it. Spy Who Dumped Me opens in theaters Friday, August 3rd. Hope everybody's okay. All right, so again, before I forget, don't you forget to check out the new WTF shirts at podswag.com slash WTF or the merch page at WTFpod.com. I love these new designs, folks. They do some really cool stuff with our original logo. So uh, go get one, would you? I came out here all ready to play guitar. I was ready. I brought the Telecaster out, but because uh, I strung up the two Gibsons, and now I got the... I was going to, like... It needs strings, because I just was playing it in preparation. I popped a string, and I can't... I don't, I don't want to change it. I can't. Okay. Boomer lives!